From beyond the farthest reaches of our galaxy they come. Two brains pulsing with a strange energy. These space brains come to share their love of science fiction movies. Welcome to Space Brains, the show where we joy watch sci-fi movies and then talk about what was good and what was great. I'm Surrey and this is Mark. Hiya. Tonight we're talking about the classic Total Recall. It's the 1990 film directed by Paul Verhoeven, starring one Arnold. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Harry. <laughs> Harry, I was thinking of going to Total Recall. <laughs> recall will give you a lobotomy. You think so, Harry? Yeah. <laughs> I just love the way it says Harry. Harry. I love, like, this is, we did Predator. Uh, go back and listen to us do Predator. And these classic Arnie sci-fi films, I mean, this is like, it's, it's Arnie at his best, isn't it, I reckon? It's, like, it's wonderful. It, it's it, There's the one-liners that we talked about. This film has those one-liners. Um, and it also, like, it's it's bloody. So it's a uh, sci-fi it's, that's bloody. It's like, by Hoven. He's renowned for that. He did Robocop yeah. and Starship Troopers. Yeah. Both of which don't pull any punches with the blood splats. No, no. Again, he's, he's Middle Euro- European. Middle Eastern European. Sorry, I should say Middle European. <laughs> What does that even mean? But yeah, no, he's from the Middle East of Europe and uh, they like their blood and guts in sci-fi films, which I like. Yeah, lots of practical effects because this is 1990. Yeah. This is when they're still doing the, the green screen projection as uh, pioneered by 2001 Space Odyssey. As yeah. Learned, they did the... that up until 93 when there was Cliffhanger, I think was sort of the last major Hollywood film that primarily used that style of green screen. Yeah, and the models, you know, the little models. But before we get into it, we need to warn people that have not watched Total Recall, which <laughs> I, I, I'm, I would be very bizarre, especially if you're listening to Space Brains. But if you are, you should turn away now. This is your spoiler warning. We are <laughs> spoiler, going to be talking spoiler, about spoiler. all of the uh, one-liners, all of the uh, classic grunting and, and face contortions, and the <laughs> twist or not yeah and the eyes popping i mean the i've just got to say the <laughs> eyes popping is something that kind of like it's from my childhood the eyes popping this... i love it i love it i love it anyway we need to get into some details so what was your number one takeaway from total recall number one takeaway. oh my goodness me there's a few i'd like to go in here regarding um what is more likely just one in the Come number on, of mutated of breasts you're gonna have <laughs> Uh, which I think is probably six, <laughs> not three, um, because it's symmetry. Mm. But <clears throat> my number one takeaway from this is uh, sometimes truth is stranger than your dreams. Ooh, mystical. Yes. Wow. Yes, it's quite quite good. It does bring to me the uh, that thought a little bit, Touched on more by the Matrix, but still, Total Recall sort of brings it up of what what is reality anyway. Mm. 
and certainly, certainly this uh, this recall company that uh, Quaid goes to is promising dreams, uh, your memories, as if you've been there. And mm-hmm. so you could ask yourself, does it make it real? I mean, does yeah. it really matter whether they're just memories or not? Because that's all you have anyway. Yeah, that's right. So it is very interesting. Yeah. And I mean, they this film, I think, kind of can allow you to walk away and s- it doesn't quite tell you if it is real or not like i mean i feel like it is but it's still enough of just that little bit of openness yeah i you know? think like, despite the the comically uh overdone action and the um i guess the the amusing sort of componentry there is actually yeah. a, an underlying philosophical there is yeah bit here which i think is what turns this movie from being what could have just been uh, an almost slapstick action movie into something a little bit more serious. Because at the heart of it is this question about memories and reality and, you know, how much are we really dreaming and and do our dreams influence our reality and vice versa? And is is that something we need to get into? Yeah, definitely. And I mean, because it kind of has that archetypal story of, a superior government, you know, or a dictator, which quite often science fiction leads to, doesn't it? It's like an all-powering government uh, taken away from the lower class, you know, so 1984 does that and plenty of other science fiction films do this where they, they have class structure is a big part of it. The lower class always suffer for the greater good of the higher class or the upper class. And this film already has that, but a lot of science fiction films... That's it. That's the premise. Whereas this film, that's what's happening on Mars. But then we have Quaid, who is kind of confused about who he is. Like, is mm. this real or is this not? And again, we're, we're kind of tested throughout the film as an audience of whether it actually is real or is he crazy? Is he back on Earth having a lobotomy or is he actually experiencing this? And they kind of keep playing on the, off that throughout the whole film, you know. Yeah, and and I think it is the fact that they don't go too deeply into the political no, aspects. They, yeah, they it's, still it's have... It's a backdrop there, and it, and yeah, the, the mutants are kind of treated poorly, and the news reports uh, are kind of humorous in the saying, you know, minimal yeah. force was used whilst simultaneously on the screen, people are blazing away at each other with machine guns. <laughs> and I, I that, hate to but, see but, maximal force. But, but to be fair, I mean, Arnie and that do just blaze away. But this this is primetime news that he's watching and there's there's literally a a cop you know unloading his rifle Mm. into someone flying on the ground i know but but that's brutally that is the verhoeven science fiction style yeah this this um rather than change like a a dragging political statement there's a little bit of statement there about the, the the wealthy being able to do whatever he wants so long as he delivers the the goods but it's it's more about the inner struggles and and difficulties, the journey of Schwarzenegger's character. Yeah, yeah. Which is what I I found is so good about this. It it's kind of lighthearted in a way, and kind of a bit uh, as a bit slapstick, a bit bit you know humorous. But it's carried by its deeper philosophical currents. That mm. even if you just sort of you know, laugh at his one-liners and 
cheer on the the excessive gun violence and then at the end of it nonetheless is that final line where he says uh i, I think he just he turns around and asks uh whoever the demure sleazy melina melina yeah, yeah. melina or or is this all, all just a dream yeah and well if it is and kiss me kiss now me but the thing is you're, you're left with that question yeah which yeah. colors the whole rest of the, the movie and, and that's what i really like is that contrast where they avoid the political bit without preaching at us but still let us know mm. follow this you know amazing fantastic spy story but make us wonder about mm. memories and thoughts yeah so definitely good. yeah and that that's the i mean essentially that probably is the science the science in it isn't it that's the science yeah, fiction yeah. part and like because because you could take this premise i guess and like delete mars you know just make it about a foreign land on, on earth or whatever you know or and, about and, an irishman and, building robots that, that's that's right will yeah. take over his job which yeah. is like you know that's that's a little dig at the new version of total recall which mm. should have been called something entirely different in which should case have, yeah. it would have been a much better stronger film on its own mm. uh, without having to this um shadow of a prior movie yes it's funny they make these these strange choices because yeah did you see the new total recall i have 2012 yeah, or yeah and it's I'd... totally unrelated it's, it is it's like it's... about robots and factory automation on earth and... i think I, I don't know the i don't know the the backstory of how that became made or whatever. But sometimes I think in Hollywood specifically, they do, it's like, here's a script. And mm. then they go, the only way we can sell this script is by like associating it to another film. Yeah. So it's like in this context, uh, they say, I oh, Total Recall, you know, like it's a remake and they, they, like it's a way of like selling it. But but it's not like they, t they and sometimes not even the writer that does that. It's like literally the producers or the, the marketers or yeah. anyone like someone the else comes on board just goes yeah and says yeah no this is not going to no, sell no it's not going to sell but if you if we make it that this is a sequel to total what are we what are we going to do to make it a sequel to total recall we just could change a couple of little bits here and then it's a sequel you yeah. know like i don't i don't know I, i'm not sure uh, i have a feeling that's what happened to that and uh, yeah because i didn't get the i know in the new version there's a underground taxi train lift that goes, lift that the that the goes from australia to america or england or something doesn't yeah, it or, so i don't know yeah, I didn't. I kind of got a bit lost in that one. Yeah, mm. but, but anyway, we can leave that to another episode. <laughs> but the uh, the original one is is what we're talking about here, yeah. which is based off the Philip K. Dick film, which is We Sell Memories Wholesale. Yeah, I believe it's called, which is fairly close to the Total Recall film in yeah. its plot. It is about uh, a guy named Quail, who is a everyday working man. Yeah, he gets memories that he wants to go to Mars, but he can't afford it. He gets the memories. And then all hell breaks loose when he realizes he's a secret agent or something or other. And, and so it's, it doesn't have the alien, that particular alien bit. It's got other sort of bits in it. But yeah. it's, it's that same premise. Sort of based on that premise, yeah. Basically, working class guy is actually an agent who's been re-implanted um, or, or memory altered to be put back into a different life. Yeah. And yeah. But anyway, so this movie then. Based off a short story, Philip K. Dick, also known for Do Sheep, Androids Dream of Electric Sheep or something. Yep. Which is um, Blade Runner. Yep. In case you're wondering. 
So I haven't actually read any of these short stories. I probably no, should. neither have I, and I probably should too. Because <laughs> there's some good movies based on him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a lot of people reference him, I think. So yeah, it's like, yeah, we probably should start reading him a little bit. Yeah, okay. So Total Recall then is based off the short story, and it it follows it in spirit. Uh, it varies a little bit here and there. Uh, Ver, Paul Verhoeven <laughs> sprinkles his magic fairy blood dust on everything. <laughs> and we end up with Total Recall. But we do. Is it a hope, a warning, or an experiment? I think this one is a warning, warning, warning. Because I think of the concept of, of, of a couple of things that, that sort of A story of Arnie or Quaid messing with his own memories and then kind of being confused about the reality of that and not. And again, as the audience, we're kind of shifted into that world of like not knowing if it's real or not. So I think there's a warning of like playing with your memories, you know, like I don't know if it works out. And again, I probably should go and read that original story because even the way you've just retold it there, I mean, does it work out for that guy or is it because because I think that's the thing, like you could take this story and sort of you could like you could say because in the film they joke that that's the thing they oh you you know you don't have the money to go to mars we can just implant the memory but it's like there's the impression that for some people that might not work out like they have a schiz uh schizophrenia schizoid embolism embolism <laughs> I, I didn't even bother looking up to see no. if that was a real thing or not it sounds real sorry it sounds, sounds real sounds come on good. we know we know what those two words mean separately so put them together Can't so um yeah, like it does. It, it, to me, it's automatically a warning, like messing with your memories, messing with your brain in that way. I think it's a warning, and then I think separately as and and realistically, and we've already spoiled what we've sent out the spoiler on Tariko. I mean, if you interpret this whole film that he is originally an agent on the bad side, goes undercover to deliberately mess with like come up with a new identity so that then he can come back and get access to the rebels to stop them from <laughs> destroying Mars. Like, and then, but then he doesn't want to go back to his old self anyway. So there's, that's a pretty big warning to me. Like you don't, you, you, if you mess with yourself in your brain and your memory and stuff like that, you might change and never, you might become a better person. You may become a better person. That's a major warning. Just, yeah. Well, I, I would go for more experiment myself yeah. being that, we're looking at what you know. What if we could mess with memories? What you know? How does this all turn out? And and where does it fit in with uh, this Mars alien technology? This kind of um, they basically mess with some guy's memories, reprogrammed to a different personality, essentially. But that, but that, see, that's why values. I I think that's why that's a warning because if you yeah you go to recall and you get like an implantation of you went to Mars and had a good time and fucked some three boobed women. You come back to your normal reality. You're like, oh, that was a good trip. Like, who cares? You know, but like in this movie. I just want to address Mary and her three boobs for a moment because I cannot help but wonder is the assumption is that the more boobs, the better. That's right. It's so true, isn't it? And it's very 1980s. I know this movie is 1990, but it feels very 80s. It's like two boobs are good. Let's give them three boobs, you know? Yeah, that's that's an upgrade of some sort. I don't know. Okay, so now we can move on to your your, your But that's my my rationale there for why it is a uh, warning is because like, so these guys, they've they've already taken it to the next level, haven't they? Because they're like going, oh, you you can implant a memory. 
So why don't we just like implant someone like a whole life into someone? Whole new guy. Yeah, like a whole new guy. And it's and it's also we're not doing that for the benefit of anything like for the benefit of that person. Like you said, you come out as a better person, which he does. But then it's like they were doing it to kind of like double cross the whole system, weren't they? So it's I, like I do find it funny though that they Yeah, what what is their own morality or philosophical thinking on this where they go well so hauser which was his original original name, personality yeah we're going to put you in as a mild-mannered construction worker <laughs> who wants to essentially help people and discover new things and make the world a better place yeah well what does it say about us then? yeah Hang on. So we're actually making this. This he's a good guy. Yeah. We we're turning house so into know a what good a, guy. So that means we're the bad guy. We must be bad guys. Yeah. That's really weird. Which also makes their rationale means that they thought the rebels were the good guys. Then doesn't it? <laughs> like I, the only way he can get in is by being a good guy. Well, I th- I think um, what's his Cohagen? I think he kind of knew that what he was doing was wrong because he he said it doesn't. Matter, I can't remember what he says. It's something along the lines of it doesn't really matter what I do, so long as I keep uh, providing tribidium, yeah, I, I can do whatever I want, yes. So I think he's kind of accepted the fact that by saying that, by saying I can do whatever I want, is code for saying I can just do bad things, yeah, it is, it is completely. Right. I can indulge yeah. my, my dark side, <clears throat> yeah, as long, as long as I have trivium flowing, I can whatever the hell I and, want. And I suppose he probably justifies that ego. as being uh, along the lines of. This this mineral made up tribidium or is benefiting the rest of humanity yep. enough that they just all turn a blind eye and I get to yeah. enjoy the spoils. Yeah, it's very um, egotistical. Yeah, but that's why I think it's a warning. Yeah, well, let's. <laughs> <laughs> but you can be an experiment. It's we'll fine. Con- I'll let you be. We'll an continue experiment. this fight yes. later. So, um, what? Now, it's been a couple of weeks since we've released the last one, which was the Interstellar Interstellar <laughs> epic, epic movie. And it's been a few weeks on that. So tell yes. us, you personally took some time off from this on purpose. Yes, to I did. Do... To finish my little short film, so The Memory. Uh, the Memory, there we go. It totally links into Total Recall because it is about someone realizing the truth of the memories that they have and questioning their own identity. So it is actually a little bit linking into Total Recall. Nothing to do with uh, being implanted or in the future, but there is actually a memory recall system within the film in that way. But, uh, yeah, and it's finished, which is fantastic. The trailer's out online um, as a teaser trailer and a full trailer. And I'm just now, I had some... Uh, bio shots taken on Friday and then I'm going to I've already set up the Film Freeway account which is an online website that you can put your film on it's not publicly available to watch but you put your film on there and then you can choose festivals to enter so uh, they pretty much 
There's two online sites that run it these days without a box and Film Freeway. They're kind of like the big players online. So, um, and everyone prefers digital submission now anyway. So, but the great thing is, yeah, you upload to that site once and then you just send it, you know what I mean? And then people can view it. Yeah. Um, Obviously, every festival (coughs) does cost money to enter. um, And you also want it to be, you know, something that matches probably the genre. And in this case, it's like, a psychological thriller, maybe horror for some people. So it sort of fits into those categories. So they will be the festivals that I'll be looking at doing. Yeah. Well, that, that's pretty exciting. I'm looking forward to it. And we need to do some of our own shots. Yes, we, we do. We are yeah. starved of photography on our site. We are for I, Space Brain. I've only got my, my stupid little selfie that I took yeah. a while ago. Back. Well, there, there's two things like, um, so my wife Tanya took those photos and I was really surprised a how good they came up because we used our the Panasonic which is our filming camera and I kind of thought they wouldn't come up that great but they did actually come up that good and then the other thing is we're both dabbling in Lightroom and it's like far out you get in Lightroom and you can make an ugly person like me start to look all right <laughs> so yes you and I sorry can get together and we can have some space brain shots definitely they've been on the cards so We'll do that, but that's exciting. Yeah, I'm I'm really revved because literally, I'm just I'm doing a I've done a press release, um, I've done a director's statement, done these photos. So within this next week, like by this time next week, I think it will be then all up on Film Freeway, and then it's just picking the festivals that I think are appropriate within my budget. Pick the festivals that you want to win. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I'm I'm really excited about that, and then from there it's going to be. Like I've got, uh, which I already had in the back of my mind, but I'm um, there's a feature script, my next feature script I want to get into. There's also a couple of shorts that I want, like there's one that I want to make, um, the next one I want to make, so it should be very different. And um, yeah, it's just like writing them and then starting to organise to make them happen. Nice one. How about yourself? What have you been doing in these couple of weeks off? Because we spend so long uh, in these space brains. I built a model trebuchet. Of course. Which, who doesn't want one of those? I've wanted one for ages. Yeah. And I've uh, wrote, well, most of the way through writing a short story, which is a retelling of Hansel and Gretel. Mm, but yeah. it's, it's um, been warped into sort of a bit of a horror, a dystopian horror. I like that. Yeah, I find actually I'm not enjoying writing it. So it's a bit gruesome. Uh, in a bit dark, you know, Gretel is a serial killer and Hansel is um, a narcissistic brute and, you know, it's it's sort of coming along nicely. I'm not going to spoil it. The The witch is um, not a witch and so on. So I've mm. got, the main reason I'm writing this, though, is as a way of uh, I've keeping the my story worksheet showing the, the development of the idea, the characters, right. the plot points, uh, where I'm you know, needed for shadow, for future events. Nice. And then there'll be like a mapping, a shaded mapping, so that you can read the, the short story. And a short story, it's probably going to be about 15,000, maybe 20,000 words. I want to get it down to 5,000, but I'm just not very practiced at short story writing. So so it's probably probably like I might know, maybe a long short story. Yeah, I was going to say, it's probably a little bit longer, isn't it? Quite yeah, fair. novelette. I, don't, I, get, I think they're <laughs> called. So it'll be, but it'll be shaded to show 
the you know the build up for each scene and the, and the three acts and nice the um where i've included foreshadowing for this event and where i've shown a mirroring after effect of that thing and um so it's a bit of a dissection like that because this is a, leading that into my my book which is talking about um doing this sort of thing in order to write novels yeah nice as, as a way of of getting your head around um plotting out a novel length bit of work excellent uh, as, as i always sort of say it's not the only way of doing it and it's maybe not even wouldn't even say it's the best way of doing it, mm. but it is a way that works and leads you, you know, lands you with a story that is consistent and works. Cool. And so that's what I've been doing. And Very good. That and as I said, building models and oh, I built some stairs for my dog. He's back. He's just, uh, he's getting a bit arthritic or I've, I, they're not working quite right. So Aww. to get in and out of the car, I've built a, a set of stairs for him, which he's yeah. absolutely terrified of. <laughs> so it's going to take a bit more training for him to, to figure yeah. out that it's actually easy to get in and out of the car with him. But, yeah. My dogs are like it because they are 12 and 13. It's a bit the same. Like one of them got into the garden the other day and then she can't get out. And then like I have to pick her up. And it's that real feeling of picking her up that she's she's like, I'm not a cat. Like if you, if you let me, like I'm not going to land well. <laughs> this doesn't end well. But it's funny, like they've always been like that because they're big Labradors. It's like you scoop them up, you pick them up. They're like, well, I guess I'm just here. And if he drops me, I'm dead. And I'm just going to go with it. <laughs> like They don't really like, they don't like That's it. The same with you they're they're like tense, you know, they're very, very tense when normally they're not. <laughs> great, great big golden retriever as yeah. you go and lifting him out of the car he resists it yeah but then when you pick him up yeah he just does that thing where he sits and kind of yeah freaks doesn't know his eyes are rolling around and he's going what are you doing funny thing isn't it it's like this has got to be better than jumping out of the car surely surely but yeah i think there's a level of trust there we done so a bit of engineering a bit of story writing i've been doing very good so look let's get into some of the details we've mentioned paul vernhoven uh is the director of this and of course starship troopers basic instinct total recall robocop um and he was also involved in showgirls as well which was a big one in the late 90s there um he's still doing stuff today it's just seems i saw that he's got an upcoming film like he's 81 years old this Mm, yeah yeah he's got a new film coming out a a dutch uh french yeah yeah or something well, it seemed like looking, if you go to his IMDb, it seemed like he did a real, a massive amount of films and then all of a sudden kind of launched into Hollywood with Robocop and Total Recall. So basically, he was like, he had he a was massive. Going on to 50. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, yeah, yeah he, I mean, his filmography stretches back before then, but yeah, well, this is where his, his big budget well, movies well, yeah, came yeah, out. Yeah, in the Western kind of commercial sense, the he, Total he becomes Recall a really was big. a $50, 60000000 million movie, which yeah. at the time was massive yeah you could see it couldn't you in the sets of this film how big this film was um but yeah all of those films and i know start we need to probably do starship troopers you know starship troopers yeah, yeah. i know because a lot of people, it's a great one and because a lot of people hate it because of yeah they've read that they like the book but if i've and i've read the book and watched the movie and if you like the movie you're not going to like the book yeah right. if you like the book you're not going to like the movie it's the way it is because the, the, <laughs> the book is and this is the criticism people have is the book is of a very different tone all right so starship okay. troopers is more total recallish yeah yeah and the book is if you've read any heinlein stuff he's very preachy with his political statements uh, okay of okay yeah i've never read it i've never read it independence uh 
authoritarianism. Mm. Like, I I find his philosophies to be um, hypothetically okay, but in reality, brutal and anachronistic. But that's probably what draws people to his science fiction because it produces uh, books like The Moon is a Harsh Mystery, Mm. for example, which is quite a good story about an artificial intelligence and class warfare between Earth and the Moon. And uh, and Starship Troopers has has things to say, but it's of a totally different character to the movie. Yeah, like, right. Utterly different message, utterly different directions headed in. The similarities are relatively slim. It it, it might have unfortunately kind of spelled the end of Paul's Van Hoven's Hollywood career, and that's why I always want to stay here because I mean. He's he's made stuff since then, and, and, you know. But during the '90s, he became a big Hollywood director. These mm. all of those films are huge, you know, like they're big films. So starting with RoboCop in '87 and going through to Starship Trooper in '97, I mean, they're massive, you know, cinemaplex popcorn eating big stars, you know, big effects, you know, everything, aren't they? Big big budgets. And um, yeah, massive, massive films. Really, I mean, Showgirls is the interesting one in there because it's very yeah, it's just, different. It's, it's quite different. So, <laughs> but ba- this basic is instinct, basic yeah. instinct isn't exactly a science fiction, no, it's not. and it's not big action, but it's quite it's, tense. It, and it's it's got violent. It's got pretty harsh violence in it as well. So, yeah, I don't know. But anyway, the the they're all big films. Writers now. The, the, now, this to me, it's funny. I did not know this. I've seen this film a bunch of times, but so you got the Philip K. Dick short story. You know we can remember it for you wholesale, right? That's it. Not um, memories. Yeah, right. So you've got a short story, which is fine. That's got nothing really to do with the film in terms of a screenplay. But then you've had there's three writers that did the screen story, and then another three dudes wrote the screenplay. Now for me, when I see that, I've got to say over the years, quite often the film doesn't turn out that well. No, it usually like means it's, actually, it's been overbaked. Yeah, like normally it's a bit of a sign that, you know, like someone's come up with an idea, a script, and then they've sold it and someone else then gets that script and then they write it. And and again, even like like there's some films that, yeah, there's been two screen... I know a few films that two screenwriters have done it and it's brilliant, but sometimes you get to that kind of point where the three people have looked at it and then someone else looks at it and it's like... Yeah, it's lost itself, you know. Um, so I'm actually a bit shocked by that. But uh, yeah, there's a bunch: Ronald Chassette, Dan O'Brannan, and Gary Goldman. Gary Goldman has gone on and done quite a bit of Hollywood stuff. Um, the other guys, not so much. So yeah, I mean, it's an interesting one to have so many writers, six writers, um, and it feels because remember. What was the Chinese film we did right back? Um, the Wandering Earth, I think. The Wandering, Wandering Earth. Earth. And that had about five writers. And we had that feeling, didn't we, that maybe it just been cooked a little bit along yeah. the way, the story, you know, at times. Some of the edges were too rounded. Yeah, just felt like, you know, do maybe a few too many voices in there, you know. Because um, I don't know about you. I mean, my voice and the hundred other voices in my head is kind of enough when I'm writing, let alone other people. <laughs> so, starring Arnold, we can't go by Arnold, and such a young Sharon Stone. Sharon I mean, geez, before Basic Instinct. Before Basic Instinct. Why so, no wonder. Consider so, this a divorce. <laughs> no, God. 
far out. It just it really puts a lot of the Me Too campaign to shame, doesn't it? I mean, like the violence against women um, in some of these eighties and nineties films. Uh, yeah, on just the other hand, wouldn't though, see it. It does provide a certain level of equality. Yeah, egalitarianism because yeah, yeah. the She's men tough. were being blown to pieces. Yeah, the women, and the women were being blown like, to pieces. And, but is, isn't it interesting? Yeah. They weren't being chivalrous. No, and it's in, but it's interesting because when he does fight her, he fights her when he doesn't know it's her. Yeah, and it's pretty ruthless. Like he throws her around, throws mm. her across the kitchen. Once the lights come on and it's her, he kind of like. Dials back, and then she gets a knife. She starts slicing and dicing him, and he's still going, "Hey, hey, hey, calm down." Yeah, but he hey, thinks he's hey, been married to her for eight Boy, years. Come on, settle down, mate. <laughs> it's a little bit, but then you know she get ups the ante, and then he he does take it seriously, and he does then later on, uh, he does punch her out like, and mm. that's a solid punch uh, from Arnie. You know, like I mean, this knocks out guys, um, and then also he then does shoot her in the head. You know, but it's also classic. Hollywood stuff where it's girl on girl action. Yeah, you know, like she can't always fight him away. properly. They always, away, it's like it? the two women, and it's a brutal fight. Like it's a really good fight. I, I actually, I've got to say, this time when I'm like when I was watching it, really analyzing this film, I thought far out. Those two, you know, um, Sharon Stone and Rachel Tikotin, I think, or Tikitan. I don't. 100% no. She, she, she can plays, contact us and let us know how She last totally name could. Pronounced. She's a real working actress, by the or actor, sorry, I should say. She's done a lot. Yeah, She's she still was working in, today. Um, oh, man. I was just, just. Another big 90s film she was in was Con Air. Con Air, that's the one. Yeah, I was going. <laughs> but she's still working today. Like, she's in stuff. You look up her, oh, look her yeah. up on IMDb. She's 2019. She's in films. Because um, I was a bit like, that's and I was like, shit, she's playing the big lead in this, like the female lead. Um, whatever happened to her, you know, and I did, I was like, oh, yeah, Conair, I remember that. But, yeah, I mean, everything else is kind of, I suppose, been more minor stuff. Like, she, yeah. you know, she's playing minor characters. Um, but her and Sharon really go head to toe in that fight. They really give yeah. it a good whack. And, um, look, I have to give a big nod to Michael Ironside, who plays Richter. He's great, isn't he? Like, he's in a bunch of films... And I know when I was a kid, I kind of got him a bit confused with Jack Nicholson. Like, just to be honest, like, just to be honest, as a kid, you know, like, as a kid, not as an adult, just as a kid. But it was very much like, like, he plays, he plays a bad guy really well, this dude, doesn't he? Well, he's got the eyes. He's got the the eyes, he's got the eyebrows, he's got the dodgy hair. It's a weird grit, like, he's got the smile um lines you know like and so it's like a bit like a clown you know like again he would make a good joker kind of character um and he's got he's he does i mean i don't know i don't know if other do you agree with me out there if you're listening i mean he's got something in the eyes this dude like i don't know it's it's creepy in a good way like in a really good way he uh he does it for me so let's see yeah so a couple of his his movies uh, Total Recall, obviously. Uh, and he's uh, in Starship Troopers, yeah. Yeah, he's in Starship Troopers. Oh, The Perfect Storm, I remember him on the Yeah, boat. yeah. Uh, Terminator Salvation. Oh, yeah. right, yeah. So he comes back around for another Arnie kind of produced film, eh? Yeah, but like, oh, I, I like him. I just have to give him a little extra kudos because, yeah, I just, I, that dude sort of does it for me. Uh, it's a, yeah, I think it was, it's an 80s, 90s thing. Like he was in a few of those films and it's just, it just does it. It just does it. It tickles me. Top Gun. Top Gun. 
he does he does play that guy very well you know he's he's kind of the uh he's, he's the smart leader person but it turns out he's not that smart no he's not that sophisticated and isn't that like a really good writing device in this film that that scene where he he's really pulled in line by um Cohagen. Mm, I don't give you enough information to think. Yeah, like yeah. stop thinking. And yes. there's a real moment like where like you know he's telling him off, like he's really in his face. And then he's like, shit, you know, I've been told off. Like mm. that, you know, that's what's going on in his brain. And then they like divulge to the the next dining table, like a dining table room, and he's like Cohagen then's like calm and collective and tells him what he's gonna do next. Like it's like it's like he's like so he's like a puppy dog, isn't he? He's like I liked it. I liked it a lot. Mm. <laughs> That's what's clever about this film. So anyway, there's some of the key uh, parts that I like to always focus on. So the film, sorry. The film. Opening image. Opening this, image. And this is a film that is perfect Blake Schneider, save the cat stuff, because there's an opening image and the end image oh, are opposites. Mirrors. Yeah, They're mirrors. Mirrors of each other. Same All right. deal. So what different. happens at the opening image? Sorry, well, get the, us going. the opening image, we have a couple of space-suited individuals climbing on Mars. Mm, the red planet. The red planet. They're walking along and they, Very they stop alien. and they, they look out over at the a, scenery, a vista. Yeah. And then one of them foot slips as a that cliff sort of crumbles beneath him. Yep. And he tumbles. And you can tell it's Arnie because he goes, ah, ah, ah. He <laughs> and tumbles. you see his face, yeah. And it's, and it's beautiful because then he rolls... He lands and then he flips forward and bashes his face plate against yeah. a rock and falls back. Yeah. And so his it, face is exposed to the elements. Wonderful special <laughs> practical they effects. Are. He's, he's grabbing at his neck and it's swelling. His tongue is bulging. At the yeah. Tongue. His, his eyeballs eyes. are popping from his sockets. He's yeah. like, ah, ah. It's just, it's, uh, it's just, Irony does that pained, panicked expression so well. He does. And then and then it cuts out with yeah. Arnie wakes up. He's having a terrible nightmare. He wakens in bed with his wife consoling him, a young Sharon Stone. I would be consoled. I think I'd be pretty happy right yeah, there. From, I, I think I would have forgotten about that dream pretty quickly, to be honest, because she's not wearing much either. Um, she's pretty revealing in what she's wearing. Um, and she gets very jealous of his dream, the fact that in this dream, not about him dying, that there's another woman. Yeah, some other oh, <laughs> like, you She's like, again. oh, you're talking about another woman again. Oh. <laughs> so she's all up and she wants to make him happy so that, uh, you know, that he will forget about this dream. Um, she says, I will give you something to dream about. And she lays back and they make love. Presumably. Presumably because it's cut. Um, which is fine. And anyway, we're in then their lounge room after the cut and we're obviously in the future because there's a TV on the wall, sorry. It's flat. It's flat. It's huge. Well, it's funny you should say it because the all size. the other monitors in this are old cathode ray They are. Chairs. They are. And you can see the housing for them is, is yes, big is and chunky. And Shh, don't tell anyone. And they even have the, uh, the analog blur fuzzing mm. of static. They do. Which... Yeah, which, I mean, kids these days would just not understand the concept. No, no. It's You're something that only happens in old movies. There's also no phones in this movie, which is weird. No, there's no but, phones. Uh, 
<laughs> I don't, I don't uh, even notice that. I know, I, yeah, I know. So it did well, didn't they? Um, well, well, the phones and the video big, cameras, video yeah, video, which are huge. These great big things, yeah. Because <laughs> they've actually stuck a TV like into a metal thing. Anyway, we don't want to go into the giveaway, all the props. It's 1990. It's 1990. Um, and he he's watching the news and it's about there's fighting on Mars over some mine site. We sort of just get a gist of that. Yeah, and fun- he's a bit into that. Well, the funny thing about this scene, which I really love about this news report, it is does remind me somewhat of the Robocop, you know, I yeah. buy that for a dollar. Yeah. And, you know, what is it, Sunblock 5000 or whatever. <laughs> it's just this blue paint. But it's got the standard news speak that we recognise even today. The yes. same sort of thing. Yeah, yeah of, it's the same know, structure. Exactly the same sort of terminology being used for the... Uh, the tones are there. The, the, the rebels' forces. You know, the minimal casualties and violence were used. But the scenery, the images yeah. in the background, is <laughs> a real is a, it's a most awful gunfight with, mm. you know, close-ups of people being shot brutally multiple times at, you know, point-blank range. Stuff that they would never show on on film, yeah, on, on the TV. But she's just talking that same thing. She's got you know her her hair frizzed up <laughs> and her professional jacket on, blazer, and it's just talking using the normal language, but demonstrating almost the opposite. Behind her, you know, mm. she sort of says that this it was put down. There was, there was not much going on yeah. there. It was we don't nothing to worry. to worry about it. Don't worry about it, people. But if, That's you saw, if you saw that, you'd be going, "Yeah, Mars is just dissolving into barbaric brutality." Yeah, but on a side note, that that is what like war news is quite often yeah, portrayed as when with commercial don't. like big commercial news like Fox News, you will see these like explosions in the distance or something yeah, you know, yeah, tanks yeah. rolling you can, in but you can hear the thundering of the artillery yeah, yeah. strikes our soldiers are doing well you know yeah. but in reality they're executing people and well that sort of stuff he, so. he, he followed the same uh style on then from so robocop sort of had that over the top tv yeah. and then in the um starship troopers the same yeah. sort of these little tv ad bits which were kind of a bit over the top and you know do you want to know more you know that sort of business where it's <laughs> like you know the kids squishing bugs violently yeah, and brutally and says, <laughs> yes, you can do your part. And yeah, it's, it's definitely um, a style thing. He was on there for a good 10 or so years. I haven't seen uh, his, his other films. I know Basic Instinct doesn't go into this sort of craziness. There's, it's a far more. Yeah, it's a far more. Sort of, yeah, thriller piece, kind of. But, anyway, so Laurie or Sharon Stone, Laurie, Laurie, sorry, Laurie. Um, she turns off the news and the whole wall becomes a really nice moving picture of like a lake or something. Oh, right? yeah, it's a little so, background. Because something I want to note throughout this plot thing is what Total Recall does so brilliantly, this, this Total Recall, I think, is there's just a pinch of future technology. Mm. Okay, so, yeah, we jo- you just were joking about the big TVs on the train and stuff. Yeah, it's true. But... There's enough of bits in this story to make you think you're in the future. Yeah, this lovely like big some wall. sort of future. Yeah, oh, so even lovely nowadays we don't. No, we still don't have that. I mean, he's like, just a, a, as he says, he's a construction a worker. lowly construction worker, and, <laughs> and he's, he's got this work. massive wall that can turn into a beautiful scenery. He's got yeah. a video wall. Yeah, he's got a video wall. Where's my video wall, sorry? Yeah, I mean, I could put one together, but it would it'd cost an arm and a leg. It would. I mean, we're probably getting cheaper. Yeah, like, you know, but then still, but still hooking the TVs power. together so that they show the same image and all the rest yeah, of it. You got to go to a lot of effort, and this looked like it. Didn't take uh, this much. was standard. He was in a bog standard apartment. 
Anyway, so they debate uh, him and uh, Laurie a bit about uh, the Mars thing because she's saying, no, you know, forget about it. Yeah, we, we should what go can somewhere I do? nice. Yeah. Let's go somewhere nicer, you know, And uh, but he wants to go to Mars. And, and to be doesn't. fair, Mars doesn't look very attractive. No, it doesn't. I mean, there's people blowing the crap out of each other, as you were saying. Yeah, it's Mars. And I mean, it's red. And just it's a red desert. You desert. Yeah. Uh, and also part of this, he t- I think he turns the news back, doesn't he? Yeah, he turns the news back. There's, a, there's some footage of the leader of Mars, a man called Cohagen. Cohagen. Uh, <laughs> and um, he, he accuses that there's, there's all this trouble going on. And of course, he's accusing the terrorists. Uh, you know, we use the word yeah, terrorist so terrorists. well, don't we? Uh, governments love to use it just to refer to anyone and um, that they don't like. The co- coronavirus, is that a terrorist? Well, people will, will tell you that there is a, it was a planned... It was a planned terrorist attack, was it? was a planned right. pandemic, a plandemic. <laughs> I, I work like for the government. Like, yeah. this, that, that shit doesn't no, happen. No, no, I know, I know. Like, you, you, try to get a a new, you try to get a new pencil and it will take yeah, you a few no. months. Come take on. a long time. How long does a pandemic take to organise? So, But anyway, it's just the good old, like, you know, straight away you feel... I think you feel in this film anyway that, like, there's a bit of a... You know, wink, wink, nudge, nudge that, you know, oh, the terrorists are doing this. Um, so, and but then there's this interesting thing, which I guess is like the theme stated that because she's she's saying to Quaid, Arnie, you know, like, I, you know, I love you, we're married, you know, like, what more do you want? And he wants to do something. He wants to be the man. He wants to be more. He wants to be more. I want Boy. to be the hero. Boy, I want to be more. <laughs> like, Arnold Schwarzenegger saying, I want to be more. I mean, yeah. just look at the guy. Winning winning Mr. Universe uh, seven times, whatever it is. Yeah. Starring and goodness knows, some of the, the biggest but blockbusters. But like, this film doesn't even hide it. Like when he goes to recall, that secretary checks him out. Like she yeah. totally checks him out. And then like even the other, the henchmen's like, I wouldn't like my girl being with her for too long. Like, like they all sure like, they, they make, like it. They make the jokes that this guy, you know, like, so why is he just a construction worker that wants to be the man? Like, it's like, I mean, sure, this guy would get opportunities, wouldn't he? Like, you, you, if it was only a few weeks prior that he turned up there, wouldn't people be saying, how come the other construction workers, been? they're big beefy dudes, but yeah, you're a bodybuilder for yeah, God's sake. Where do you get that shit from? But anyway, yeah. he, he, and this is the, the next scene is the next touch of tech. Oh, yeah. Where he goes through the scale One of the next things ever. Future vision because we have that now. Mm-hmm. It's not as good as in the movie. It's not that good. It's <laughs> it's kind of a bit goofy and and yeah. plenty of people have walked through with guns during the testing. So, but but in this one though, he walks along and you see the skeleton. It's it's. I loved seeing it when I was a kid. I oh, know I did it. too. It was like I went, yeah, that is so cool. I oh, know that's awesome because. Right behind him, there's a dog as well. Like yeah, it's like the they've really gone to that effort, haven't they? Like, I li- like it is, and it's just that nice touch. Like he's on the metro, it's the train system, and he walks through, and the guards are watching, and you see that all the skeletons walk through. It's and it's a, so it's a bit cool. of a Chekhov's gun too, because we see the skeleton X-ray, yeah. and it's shown up a bit. Yeah, and uh, because it does get used later on as yeah. a part of the. It does. Uh, um, and so on the train, as you mentioned, the big goofy TVs, I mean, I was willing to forgive them, uh, you not so much. But there's an advert for recall where you can get the memory of a lifetime. Yeah, walk the, climb the pyramids of Mars. Yeah. See the rings of the Saturn. Saturn. 
And I didn't write it down, but there's such a good line at the end of that ad, isn't there, that the guy says it's like a little bit of poetry about, you know, like you can't afford it, but you can have this memory of a lifetime. I wish I'd written it down, but it's really worth it. But it's a cool little ad. And mm. I think, as you said, Paul Van Hoven likes these kind of like taking the mick out I, of ad- advertising. One thing I do like stuff. about this sort of thing, and, I, and I've noticed in the movies where you really get a good sense of the world. You do. Is you have yeah. these sorts of little... Um, touches of bits, the bits like in advertising yeah. and Fifth Element does this really well it as does well, doesn't it yeah you get like little there's advertisements and there's sort of little like his cigarettes come with mm. it it's, it's 90% filter and a little smidgen of tobacco and you know what Back to the Future does it doesn't it because they do the whole like Coke thing or Pepsi Pepsi Pepsi's yeah. all the Pepsi thing isn't it so it's like Pepsi in the old world Pepsi in the future Pepsi in the current world so. and, then, and then yeah, yeah. they have so in this one, they've got these little TV ads of recall, recall, yeah. <laughs> recall, you know, and uh, and there are other parts of it too where you're, you're seeing um, uh, advertisements or other sort of they daily talk about the, um, type of yeah. stuff. I mean, it's exposition, isn't it? It's trying to fill the story. But I think when it's a real clever little ad, when it's done properly like the recall ad, like you, as an audience, you're in it, aren't you? You're yeah. going for it, yeah. So this is where he is, on, he is now showing us that he's a construction worker and his biceps flicking vibrating i mean is this like i don't know like they've put that, that that's what they've paid him for right they've yeah. paid arnie to like flex his biceps yeah. so there's got to be a shot of him and i reckon that this is it's it's kind of a bit pornographic, isn't it? Sorry, like isn't it all voyeuristic? There's it is, a bit of like it is that sort of sexualization. There is of Arnie, but it's a construction worker. He's got the construction <laughs> helmet on, so he's yeah. got you know, the yeah. the helmet that's yeah. suggestive. But no safety, no safety. He, no, he's not wearing any. Whereas the guy in the background, I don't know if you know, I really took note of it because the guy in the back, him and his friend are no safe. Well, we noticed that there was no there's no, there's no dust goggles. mask, even though there's dust flying yeah. all over. But the guys in the background all had safety gear. And he's sweating and yeah. he's got the veins and like spray if, spray. If I was if I was five mm, percent more the other way, I'd be <laughs> uh, I know you're I'd into be it. rewinding on that one mm. But cause particularly because you've got you know, the construction work is a, a classic butch stereotype. It is. And then they dress him up in a classically butch stereotypical and then, way and yeah. make him Use a jack vibrator, jackhammer. Oh, he's gyrating <laughs> with, that his, with his buddy Harry. Yeah. And even that, like he's holding a huge, you know, like he's holding this huge vibrating jackhammer, like throbbing machine. <laughs> it is completely like. But it was the nineties, so it, it was. It was, it was probably fine. they were thinking that this would appeal to women. Yeah, yeah, and like, young boys. Actually, I no, maybe Paul Verhoeven's right from he's Dutch or something yeah. or other. He probably wasn't thinking it would appeal to women. No, he probably thinking, I know. The, the boys will aspire to this. Yes. The boys will have pinups of this. <laughs> Some of the women might. I don't I know. Suppose. Who knows? But yeah, so. <laughs> but I think Arnie was probably thinking he was, he was looking pretty. Um... Anyway, he stops his jackhammer and <laughs> talks to his friend, Harry, about that he, he. about this place called Recall. And. And Harry. advises him not to go because his friend had a. Got, went there and got a lobotomy. Got a lobotomy, really? <laughs> I shouldn't go there. What does he do? What's yeah. the, what does it cut to after that? He's walking into recall. He's walking into recall. <laughs> he's, he's got a beautiful, his hair's all done. Yeah. And I didn't really get if it was still the same day or not, to be honest. But um, yeah, he's rocking up to recall. I realise that I wear many of the same clothes as Arnie does in this movie. Do you? Yeah, I've got the green cargoes. Oh, I've got right. the I've got the 
the leather sort of waist length jacket. Yeah, I hadn't thought of you like Arnie before, but maybe. Well, I did now grow I'm up through the nineties, so mm, that's mm. where my fashion sense. That's where your fashion it started in the nineties and it stays it's in stay the nineties. Stay there, damn it! It's coming back. <laughs> um, so he uh, and this is where and this personally, I love this touch of futurism is. The secretary change oh, in her nail this color. This is another one of those things. Like, yeah, it's just subtle. She's like, and she does it a couple of times in the scene, which is fantastic. Um, and uh, so she she's the secretary, checks in with her. She checks him out, which I was really, you know, I was like, oh, okay. Um, and as we said before, like, you know, like this guy stands out. He stands out, doesn't he? He's like so big. He's remarkable. Like, People remark on him. Yeah. So anyway. Anyway, like you have to go with it, don't you? Um, and so then he's in with this recall salesman and he tries to talk him into going to Saturn, not Mars. Yeah. There's I, a bit of a kind of like beat it's, there. It's funny. You think back like with the rest of the movie, you think back and you're wondering if you're supposed to be suspicious. I think you are, yeah. Because and, and even actually Harry, like the, the bit before when he says, he says the lobotomy, he goes, oh, okay, like he listens to him it lingers then a shot on him where he's like looking at him. Like there's yeah. a bit of suspicion. And even Laurie, there's like a moment when she's like, when he's too much into the news, she kind of, there is a beat there. Like she like looks, looks at him. Mm. She's thinking, what should I do so, here? Yeah, when the but you can, you can saying, watch Why that. would you want to go to Mars? Yeah, yeah. Go somewhere nicer, like Saturn. Saturn, a, yeah. a first class cruise. It's like, and yeah, you sort of thinking, why are they all trying to get him away from Mars? From Mars, yeah. They all keep trying. But then he, you know, he uh, he's very, uh, Doug is not interested. So, um, you know, he goes, okay, we're going to Mars. And um, But then he offers this idea that you can change your the ego. The yeah, he says, no thanks. He says, well, why not? You could go as a millionaire playboy, yeah. a sports jock or a spy. And then he, yeah, he perks up, Quaid perks up, looks up and goes, yeah, the spy. Well, that's the funny thing. He perks up. You're right. He perks up, but he doesn't actually say yes. And I made a note of that. I was like, that's really, it cuts from like, he's like, oh, like there's a real, like, you know, you can see his eyes light up over it. And then it cuts to him leaning back into the total recall machine. So it's like, you know, he said yes to it. Yeah. But did he say yes? Uh, this is what I'm I like, saying. I like, like they, they they drug him know, up like, and they bring the the big huge TV monitor thing down, <laughs> yeah. which is like nowadays yeah, again it'd, it'd be an iPad, it'd be a type tablet, thing. yeah, thing. But this big thing down says, okay, so you know the the woman, you know, athletic, slim, <laughs> or voluptuous, athletic. He <laughs> says, uh, be honest now, demure, sensual, sleazy. <laughs> Easy. <laughs> nice and honest. And I like there's a good line there. The other the male scientist says, Don't worry, things hardly ever fuck up around here. <laughs> like I was like, like, how much is that an ominous warning? Like before you go about to be like put under with your memories. Um but yeah, it's so great, isn't it? And then um so we have that and then we cut to the sales agent is talking to a new client, a woman, um, and on that telephone yeah. <laughs> the future technology uh it bursts in that the science is like trying to ring uh through and they're saying that he actually she says that they had he had a memory cap 
Yeah, we popped a memory cap. Yeah, we popped a memory cap, like a Coke bottle, I suppose. And um, Doug is fighting them all like he is the massive person he is. Uh, bursting out of all the chair and the restraints and the scientists Did are trying to like... Cover? And they're all like having an argument and that male scientist like injects him with the knockout stuff about 12 shots. Which you would need against Arnie. It's like putting down an elephant, I suppose. Because he, he says, yeah, you've blown my cover and says, oh, yeah. he's just reacting to this secret and we haven't yeah. put in the memory yeah yet. and that's a really good line isn't it like she she says no we we haven't implanted the memory yet you know yeah so they go give him a give him a refund shove him in a cab yeah around the corner and he wakes uh, up in the, another the johnny cab johnny cab iconic little device this <laughs> so one annoying here. another little view of the future but it yeah it's that typically uh you know for these like, so this this science fiction style that verhoeven has it's that almost comical you know it's, it is it's yeah. sort of this it looks like uh, maybe a, a fun house fortune yeah, teller or a clown yeah. or something you know like this sort a bit of, creepy it's creepy but on the side of like that's what commercialism is yeah, isn't it? it's, yeah. A, it's weird as a yeah. high how did i get here he says the door opens you got in <laughs> you got in <laughs> and he just gives up questioning at yeah. that point he goes, okay well take me home and he's so he's confused but he gets out of the johnny cab and he's like uh and he just happens to bump into Harry on the metro from work, who's there with like four big guys. Well, like they're all, all like says, wrestlers. Let's go, let's go get a let's drink. Let's go get right? a and, beer. And Arnie says, uh, "Yeah, Quay says, no, no, thanks. I, I really do have to get up." And he starts going up and says, "That's when these these big these big blokes come down. Players, I guess, yeah. as they came down." And they, you know, and this is what I always like in these Arnie films is they because Predator they did it too. It's like. They get blokes that are similar to kind of make Arnie not, um, you know, stand out as much. You know, yeah, like you know, so these and, guys and were pretty big. They were big guys, but also it also like ups the ante because if Arnie is fighting little dudes, it yeah. kind of people go. Mm-hmm. Well, could you imagine? Yeah, for yeah. some dudes like five, eight, yeah, five, eight. They just look like little kids. Like, <laughs> like he'd just knock them out, wouldn't he? Pick them um, up, throw them. Yeah. So, but these four big blokes, they attack, and he and it's a, and this is. Like this is we had this same thing with uh or I felt especially with Predator, like this scene with these four guys, it's really violent. Like like yeah. the level of violence in this thing is like you know, there's blood, there's snapping necks. Mm. Like they love to snap necks in the eighties and nineties. Well, you know? It was like, a good way like of a, crack, you know, and finishing someone off. Like because there's yeah. that, that classic Grab the, sh- the the chin and the back yeah. of the head, which is what chiropractors do to you. Yeah, you know, I know. Go, click, click. Yeah. And you go, oh, gee, that's much better. I feel really Except good. In, in the this... 80s and sort of early 90s films, it I killed s- you. Yeah. It was just like their the way of, okay, and then he killed that guy. Yeah. Let's so move he on. snaps that guy's neck and then he like twists this guy's arm and then like snaps his leg and then this guy still gets a gun. So then he's got to like blow the shit it's out of that guy. And, like... and these guns go blam and then. Yeah, and they just using, really it's all, slam. It's all practical effects in this one. Yeah. Right? So there's. The I think bullets. usually these days they just computer graphic in. Yeah, the, I think the, so. They yeah. don't use blanks anymore. Yeah, because they're dangerous and they're yeah. expensive. Yep. And yeah, so they they computer clean it in. Up, they just use like a, a, a an air cartridge to yeah. to do the the gun shake a little bit. Yeah. And then they put in the the computer blood, but this was blood packs because yeah. their shirts are exploding yeah, in right. chunks. Blood, it's great, and, and but it's a real violent scene. And then all of a sudden, there's blood splashed over yeah. the wall of the the metro where yeah. he's standing. And anyway, suddenly he's standing there, and the four guys are dead, mm. and he's a bit, and he's baffled, isn't he? He's suddenly like, like it, it looks like he didn't know how to shoot a gun, whereas he confidently fired. He also like managed to take, even though he's a big guy, these guys were big. 
Oh, he did and some he, real commando stuff. Yeah, you know, with... like, I mean, like, you know, you and I, we might be able to fight another one person, but you throw in another person, they can punch you in the head while you're trying to defend yourself and you just, you're down, aren't you? You yeah. know, like, so, whereas he was able to take on four guys. So, and he, but he seems generally confused from that, you know. So he rushes in at home where good old Sharon Stone is actually playing tennis with a hologram. Oh, he's very technical. Technical. What the hell? Where are you're in IT? Where the hell are our holograms? Sorry, like know, this. Well, this is a really good use of why you would have a hologram, right? Yeah, well, you'd be able to get a three D view of how to do the how serve. to do a serve. We've got Nintendo Switch or whatever it is, you know, like the yeah the Wii Play. We're still not there. We're still not there. I see these films, you know. I mean, it's like Seinfeld said, "Where the bloody hell are our flying cars?" You know, like honestly, but like I really thought that was a really good use of it. Yeah, it wasn't, uh, and again. It's a bit of foreshadowing. It is. You're saying we've got hologram technology. Yeah. And we've got Johnny Cabs. We've got X-ray screens. Yeah. yeah. It's quite good. It is everything they, every all the future tech they put up, there's a reason like it's coming again, you know, yeah. which is cool. So she's, but Doug is really paranoid. He turns off all the lights. He says that, you know, he was being attacked. He killed these people. He went to, she like, once he says he went to recall, she freaks out. She says, we need a doctor. He tells her not to call uh, anyone. And there's a nice, it. like, you know, he goes to the bathroom and she turns that video phone and we get this man, Rick Richter, which we don't know. He just like, hello, you know, like, yeah. and that's it. Like, so we don't see the phone call. We don't get anything. Um, and Doug then comes out of the bathroom to a spray of bullets. Suddenly, yeah. And there's a shadowy figure firing bullets. He calls out for Laurie, like, you know, hide, run, whatever. No response. There's more bullets flying at him. Um, and then he like kind of manages to creep. She runs it. The, the attacker runs out of bullets. He like jumps at the shadow. He grabs the shadow. They have this kind of violent fight where he's getting a few punches. The person, he throws the person across the room, turns on the light and it's Laurie. What Laurie. the bloody hell? Uh, What's how, all that about? Sorry. Well, that happens to me most Friday nights. <laughs> That's you and your wife all the time. Yeah, all the time. Except, you know, it's a little bit calmer and more gentle and probably a bit not so PG. And the lights are on. Um, anyway, she says that I'm not your wife. I met you six weeks ago. The agency set a memory. Your whole life is a dream. Dun, that is dun, her words. Uh, then she tries to seduce him again. You know, she well, plays she a bit sees, of bondage. She sees the, uh, yeah. the video phone behind him is showing goons turning up. Mm. So she's going to distract him with a bit of, bit of the old, you could tie me up if you don't yeah. trust me. Which, you know, probably should have. Oh, this, anyway. Okay, this bit here, I want to really draw attention because oh, yeah. this freaking blew my mind when I saw this scene. So he looks back over his shoulder and sees the video phone and there's goons. And he looks back at her and he says, clever girl. <laughs> and, and it was scene for scene, Jurassic Park. Yeah. Jurassic Park, the hunter, he's being distracted by the yeah. girl raptor. Raptor. Raptor? Raptor. And... When he looks over his shoulder and sees what he's been distracted from, he turns back and sees clever girl. Yeah, and then gets ripped apart, right? I just like that has to be a reference from Jurassic Park. Must be referencing referencing Total Recall. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Yeah, because that's like ninety three, right? This is nineteen ninety. It's the same scene set up where there's obviously a girl distracting the attention because something's going on behind. There's going to be an ambush, Uh, and I just saw that and I just went, "Nice pickup." Anyone out there who's like Jurassic Park fan? What do you think? Yeah, because definitely. I saw that and I just like, 
I want to talk to Steven Spielberg. <laughs> I mean, there's lots of things I like that they're yeah. talking about, but that in particular now is top of my mind. I'm going, I would ask Total Recall, Clever Girl line. It would have. Totally would have. Was yeah. that something, was that a purpose? Were we yeah. supposed to recognize that? Because I, I didn't want to first watch Jurassic Park. No. And and I'm glad I didn't notice that, and I'm really glad you picked up because there's something else in this film that I know someone else has taken from. Oh. Another film has taken from this film, okay. and so we'll come to that later. Okay. But like, so you can just get that racing in your brain if you've watched this film, which hopefully you have recently, because there is another pure reference to another great sci-fi film later on, more modern. That really takes from this film, and I don't mean the remake, you know, or what we talked about before. But that's a really good point. I didn't know. Now that you're saying that to me, I feel like, yeah, yeah, that is go. the same buddy scene, isn't it? Yeah. So there you go. Mm. I, I just love that. It's it's great watching these movies again because, and, and it you does do, speak yeah. to the effect this film had because it was a yeah. big hit when it came out. Yeah. And I watched it many times, and it it grew Arnie's. Um, stage persona i think so yeah it's and he because he also i think um by now 1990 his acting is is good like you know what i mean like i know earlier in his career people always joked about it but you probably get to about this film that his acting is actually really decent it's really good but this is like the combination i think of a really clever science fiction story and then really great action like it's the combination of both it's a win-win um, so anyway, he escapes, he runs off and leaving, he punches, uh, Laurie, yeah. uh, which is a really good, you know, like right Ooh, hook. She flies back. Yeah. Um, and, uh, so he takes off Richter. So as we said before, coming in, he's the boss or the, the sort of the goon boss and he's a bit protected of Laurie and he kisses her like he passionately kisses her. Um, she admits failure, but they, they have a tracker on. Yeah, you know, they're tech nerd fellows so, you know, yeah. tracking him. It's okay, we've got him, we've got him. Go to the subway, the metro. And this is where we get the x-ray scanner. Yeah, because so, he's got the gun on him yeah. still, so he, he gets about halfway and the red light and all the guards suddenly go, whoa, 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 there's, whoa someone's actually, with the, there's actually a, a person with a gun, what do we do? And then his <laughs> skeleton turns around and looks and you can see he pats himself down. Yeah, yeah, so cool. And then charges at and the people screen are screaming. jumps through the screen and yeah. it's just brilliant and he's crashed into these consoles which all wobble about and... Yeah, uh, off he goes. It was and Richter wonderful. and the goons are like right behind him, and they're mm. chasing, and they run up through the metro. It's a big, busy train station. And this bit here, sorry, I'm mean, like, <laughs> they're going gets... up an escalator. So oh, he's going brilliant. up an escalator, and there's Richter and that are coming from behind him. Uh, they've all got machine guns, and then people, other goons, are come towards this escalator, and they start firing. So people dodge, but Arnie, like the guy in front of him, gets a couple of bullets. Right, mm. he gets, so he he's, takes a couple of bullets. This dude, just this random guy, Arnie grabs him. <laughs> It's a body shield, and they are just spraying bullets into uh, this body. This like is... I don't think there is another film I can uh, think of off the top of my head brutal. that I've seen. And then when they then he shoots ahead and gets like you know he takes Please out the bullet yeah. he turns around with the body yeah. <laughs> and they shoot more bullets into him and then he throws the body yeah. like oh my god like far out what a spray of he, bullets he must have absorbed about twenty or thirty <laughs> shots and like you see close up and um As they're using like, the squibs like the the blood yeah, packs yeah. so there's, there's explosions there's, all over him there's, there's blood everywhere. It's, there's chunks and everything like like it's well done like it doesn't look 
like you don't look at it as though it's a crazy dummy or a fake. I don't think it was a dummy. I reckon it was a person, oh, a yeah. stunt guy. You know, so, it was a stunt guy that's been shot at like thirty times, and uh, he's just had, as you said, the squibs everywhere. So it's just like his shirt is broken and busted. Um, but oh my god, like I don't think you'd never see something like that again, would you? In no, modern day, these these days, like, I'm trying to think of what the most sort of brutal film I've seen recently. Um, oh, something like maybe that um, Darkest Dawn. Had a couple scenes like that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was that YouTube one where yeah. where he's like the guy just point blank shoots <laughs> the guy in the head with a yeah. pistol and it's yeah. it's knocked. There was a, there's a bit of a touch of there, that '90s sort yeah. of brutality. And I mean, there can be that. Of course, there's that sort of brutality of like someone being shot in the head, and it, that mm. actually happens in this film. There's a couple of you know bullets to the head, but um, and there can be you know that executional style, but. Far out, you don't get that kind of body spray of bullets where someone is a. They did they did that a bit in the eighties, didn't they? Whereas like someone would be a bit of a body shield, but like, I think now they would sort of like pull the body down, like you know what I mean? They might take a couple of bullets and then they'd put the hero would pull them back. Yeah. Whereas like he uses, shield. Oh, and that's fine. Like that, he's dead. Who cares? The bad guys already shot the guy. Yeah, it's not my fault. And mind you, this whole scene where they're running through the the metro. Yeah. They're shooting they there's shoot crowds anyone. of people. Yeah, I know. And they're shooting without concern. Like just yeah. full automatic fire into the train. He jumps through the window yeah. of the subway to escape. Yeah. And they're shooting. Even after the train is gone and they've got no hope of actually him, he's letting off bursts into this train. There just would have been carnage. I know. I know. It would have been the most and devastating train like <clears throat> terrorist attack. Yeah, it would have been ever. a terrorist attack. And and they not acknowledge the thing is in a film like this they do acknowledge it like people on a train all jump down it looks like other people are getting hurt yeah you yeah, know so are. it really ramps up the the drama oh yes and and this is this was one of the things that really made this film uh, such a hit is is the adrenaline comes from this just this chaos yeah this bloody loud banging chaos uh, guns are fired and people are dying. And there's a lot of movies now where a lot of gunshots and there's no effect. I was just thinking, I was watching Walking Dead. Um, they're fighting Negan's bunch at the factory and they roll their cars up, armoured cars. And they're maybe 30 metres apart, firing rifles yeah, at each no other. One, and no like, one. Man, I've played paintball. And yeah. Paintball guns are really inaccurate. Yeah. And I'm by no means a marksman. But at the sort of 10, to, 10 to 30 meters yeah when i you let loose of the paintball you can't just sort of stand nearby you get hit by paintballs and guns are far more accurate and if you get hit by them you, you're out and so all of these movies have the a-team effect where they like shoot and sprays of bullets and there's like hitting the railing next to the person and ting, 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 ting. <coughs> yeah and, you know, and maybe one person will get a graze on the arm oh yeah you know and but it's just it it really makes me feel unsatisfied. Mm. Whereas this movie here is like they, they go blast into this crowd yeah. on, the, on the sub on the uh, the escalator, and there's people falling back dead, and and like you said, this this body shield <laughs> effect, and you're just going, this is really exciting. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I mean, like Arnie, you know, like so that happens, and he shoots those guys from up top, and he like you see them, they get blown apart themselves, yeah, you know, like so it's not. It's not just like fire, 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 fire. Oh, he just grazed my elbow, you know. Like it's yeah. it's literally like fire, 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 boom. You know, he's just you know his his head's blown yeah, off. You know, yeah, like yeah, it's like it's real full on. And it was the same with that fight with his wife. Like she, when she gets the knife, like 
she slashes him across the chest and you see that, you know, and, yeah. and his blood starts to piss out of him and she cuts his wrist and a bit of blood, you know, like that, that the fight is happening. It's mm. not just supposed to be, you know, like, you know, swinging the knife around. It's, it's real fighting. Um, so anyway, <laughs> then he does escape on the train, as you said, uh, and we have this phone call between Richter and, and Cohagen um, and he wants actually Quaid re-delivered. Yeah. He wants to put him back. This is sort of the first, this is the second twist. The first twist is Laurie wasn't his wife. Yeah. And then he's, he's, who knows what he is, Yeah, but they're trying to kill him. And the second twist is now, no, no, you weren't sent there to kill him. You're there to acquire him, acquire like pick him, him up yeah. again. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So that, and then he, he, he does the whole static, Yeah. <laughs> which nowadays is, I think, you, you can't. It's digital. You either have reception or you don't. <coughs> not, not being on a mobile phone call and it's sort of, staticed out and hard to hear it just they stop they stop talking stop talking for a bit so yeah so quaid goes in a hotel and i was a bit confused as to why he just turned up to this random hotel uh like i just i don't know why but he's just yeah getting into a hotel room uh it's not terribly important really no and he receives a phone call he's well he's mystified because he sees the phone ring and he goes up and answers it there's a fellow, you just see his face because it's a video phone, who says, yeah, you told me to call you if you ever went missing from the agency. I've got a suitcase you, I, I was supposed to give to you. And, you know, Quaid obviously is like, well, what's going on? Who are you? What's, what's mm. up? And he looks out the window and, and sees where it is, you know, public payphone. And the guy refuses to answer any questions, hangs up and walks off. So Quaid goes running down and we get another one of these brilliant little scenes, which was totally didn't have to be in there, but it adds yeah. to the character. And it does. It, it improves the film where he goes to pick up the suitcase just <laughs> as uh, older woman, old woman <laughs> grabs the suitcase and yeah. she fights him for yeah, it. Yeah, she does. No, it's mine. You get your own. Yeah, your name's not on it. <laughs> see your name. <laughs> and yeah, he sort of finally yanks, yanks it off, off her and, and scarpers with it. And I, I found that it was I just... Know. There's a just, good bit of humour, isn't it? Why... That served no plot point <laughs> except to, yeah, it's a world building effect. It, it is. It does, it immerses you more that this, this is a world where someone will take opportunities. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's, it has this veneer of normal life yeah. and yeah. civilization, but here's this, this normal old woman. She sees a case, it's hers. Yeah. That's it. It's, she's done. She's taken it. Yeah. And ma I mean, maybe also it's like, you know, then the violence that we just saw on the train like this is more the normal life that you don't expect people to have machine guns firing like the machine gun thing is even more violent or more abstract yeah. because more in reality little... like an old woman and a young man would like argue over suitcase and they don't get out guns you know because yeah, again on the metro you can't get on the metro without that extra thing so you're imagining that the world is maybe a little bit safer a little bit less violent were surprised when a gun yeah. actually turned up they yeah. kind of yeah, what, didn't know what to do. They sort yes. of started going, "Oh, Jesus! Yeah, yeah. Someone's actually." It's like the demolition in. man idea that suddenly we don't have violence anymore. How do what? But what do we do when there is violence? You yeah. know, so that, it doesn't go down that path as far. But you know that idea that things are sort of safer. So an old woman could pick up a suitcase. No, no, this is mine. You know, oh, like yeah, uh, he, he's got the the, the wet towel wrapper. He's got the wet towel. Because the guy says wrapper wet towel. You got a tracker in your head. And so when he grabs the suitcase and runs off, he gives like a, a weird little. <laughs> Oriental bow, I think. yeah, it's kind of a, a an odd little racist sort of. I think it is touch, yeah. uh, but sort of comical in a nineties yeah. sort of a way. 
And he sort of like is walking away and Richter shows up in the car. Um, and uh, so he jumps into a Johnny cab, but the cab won't go anywhere. Go, 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 go. Please <laughs> and, put um, your So he like rips the, the uh, robot out of its seat and then fangs it off. And again, they fire sprayer bullets, don't oh, they? Just, Across this like courtyard, and yeah, and, and everyone screams sorts. and shouts. Um, <clears throat> and so the and he it takes off down the road, and he gets to this uh, abandoned factory. Oh well. Yeah, and it, this is one of my favourite scenes ever. Oh, yeah, yeah. Where he gets to the abandoned factory and the door opens and Johnny Cap says, I hope you enjoyed your ride, there'll be 18 <laughs> credits, please. Sue me. <laughs> and then Johnny Cap goes mental. It does. Oh, yeah. There's sparks flying out of his yeah. mouth. And the car and the accelerates. tires spin up and it shoots towards him. He's going to jump out of the yeah. wall and crash in the wall and explodes. Yeah. And that just and Johnny is then in flames, yeah. like melting. Goes, I hope you enjoyed the ride. <laughs> like, oh it's really creepy, isn't it? That like, just, it's a creepy, oh, funny, weird thing. Cracks me up. That I always wondered, did he do that because he malfunctioned in some way and didn't yeah. intend to do that? Yeah. Or is that the st- is that is that the, the standard? Like, yeah. If you jump it, out of the cab without yeah. paying, it tries to run. It you tries down. to run you down. <laughs> it would rather smash into a wall and explode <laughs> than. Not get eighteen credits. Off <laughs> What's the cost? What's the cost of like, like so even to the company? You know, it's like the company that runs Johnny Cab. We uh, we have a self. If people don't pay, they're going to run you over, and no matter what, they're going to like destroy everything. Yeah, they'll dug a Terminator on you. Yeah. Right? So you want to? Maybe that is the threat that everyone does realize. You know, and yeah, I don't yeah, know. Like, but it's, it's, but the it's explosion a, has a plot point. It does because he's got the wet towel there, which is obscuring the tracker. And so he gets a bit of a reprieve, but uh, as he opens the case and starts going through it, but we do actually get a cutback and say yeah, an explosion was uh, at an old cement factory. Mm, yeah. And so they go, so the Johnny cab going mental played a point. Yes, it did. Which is funny. Yeah. So Richter gets that message and they're like, they all head to the concrete factory. So he's um, opened this suitcase. There's IDs. Um, there's a, a watch that does a hologram, which is really cool, isn't hologram. it? Hologram. Yeah, so it's like he puts it on and all of a sudden there is a dude across the corridor and it's he stands up and this thing stands up and he kind of walks across and, and it's him. It's another Arnie. Every Hollywood producer's wet dream, isn't it? Two Arnies on screen. Well, you got to pay twice the money now. True, but one goes down, you got another, you know, you got a backup. It's not, you know, not too bad. Um, so anyway, so there's, there's, there's that, and there's this message from a bit of a wanky version of himself. I'd like to say, like, yeah, he's a bit of a, he's, he's a bit of a the, cocky version of him. He's got the hairdo. He does. He's got the 90s suit, you know, the jacket and the, the shirt. Um, and anyway, he tells him that you have information on Cohagen, which will destroy everything. And everyone knows about Mars. Um, and you also have this bug up your nose. So, you know, as he's pulled apart this thing, it's, it's there. <laughs> the tracker room, this is another This is another classic scene from this movie. <coughs> with the, the tracker room, I remember watching this the first oh, time. No. And he shoves up and you hear the crunch. Yeah. He says, oh, don't worry, it's self-guided. Yeah. And then shoves up. It's his massive crunch, claw. And then there's like a glowing and his yeah. face contorts. He goes, yeah. ah! <laughs> he and does he pulls, the arnie. And the whole side of his face. <laughs> yeah. It's way too big. Like, it's way too big for his nostril. (laughs) And he pulls out his nostril. It's like he's given birth to a a gumball. What what they call him a goshapon or something. Yeah. It's like surprise egg. A kinder surprise. It's way too big for the nostril. And then it 
the casing falls off and it's actually quite a modestly sized, like bullet sized bit, yeah. which probably could fit up your nose. Yes. Yeah. Oddly enough, not <laughs> anyway, but that was just, that was just such uh again, I remember watching that as a kid and I was, it was so exciting to see yeah. that him shoving this thing up in a crunch and he's struggling as he's pulling this, birthing this thing. Yeah. It wasn't an easy removal. No. But it got the heart racing. He, he it like, did. Whoa, this is so cool. Because at the same time, like that all happens and it's an amazing scene, but we kind of like, then we intercut to Richter and that they've arrived, they're walking up, they're looking for him, they're looking at the tracker, they can tell he's like close by. So, you know, as an audience, you're like, get the, you know, get the bug out and you got to run, you know, you got to get out of here, you know, they're going to kill Suddenly, you, you're going to move down. the signal is clear because he yeah. gets it out of his head. And yeah, sure enough, he he sees the guys coming and he uh, he sticks the tracker into a little bit of food or, or he yeah, throws it out of it. And runs, and that, you know, distracts the guys yeah. enough while he runs away. And again, like, they're looking at that tracker and they're like, it's behind that wall, and they just like, boom, 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 with yeah. guns, don't they? With no, bullets. he's like, over there. No, he's over there, boom, 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 boom. Like, they're just oh, bullets. And it's beautiful no. enough, it's like the the message via yeah. Blazerian says, get your ass to Mars. Yeah, get your, get ass, your to ass to Mars. And there's a rat, and he says it's the rat, and he That's shoots the it, and there's a massive splash of blood yeah. up on the screen and all over the place. Chunks. Totally unnecessary amount of yeah. blood and carnage. And then we cut to um, Mars passport check. And we're so we're in this kind of terminal on Mars. People are coming through. They're getting their passports or ID checked, whatever. Um, so someone goes through. And then there's this tall woman who's checking jacket. in a yellow jacket. Stands out a bit. Red she hair, does because she's, she's really tall. She's, she's quite really, big. Yeah. Um, so she's doing that. And so she starts doing the process and the guard starts talking to her and how long are you going to be here? Two weeks. And we cut from that to then Richter walks through and the guard greets him and he's saying, have you seen Quaid? You know, is it, no, nothing's been known. And they're walking through the tour and they pass this big woman and they kind of keep, well, okay, we're going to keep an eye out for Quaid. He's coming. He's got to be here somewhere, um, etc. And then this is, again, like this is one of my, you know, like, I, I love I love this sort of this scene, scene, you know, yeah, because know. then so this scene. woman's like then the guards like oh, okay and then and then she suddenly she's saying yeah he asks her another question and she says two weeks and he kind of like looks at her a bit odd and she's like two weeks two weeks you know and she's she's like stuck on the loop he's like oh man man and everyone starts to then look at her and she starts to have this kind of weird seizure. Um, Back and, and away. And Richter and... is about to exit the airport or whatever you call it. And he kind of is taken in this woman as well as other people. Like they're all starting because she's starting to shake and violently shimmer and that. And he actually says across, you know, he's across the sort of terminal now. He's like, that's Quaid. That, you know, that's Quaid. Um, and with that, you know, she's in this full convulsion and this head thing then pops off, doesn't it? Yeah, and then it pulls op- apart. Opens up, pops up. Like and it opens Arnie. up. It's very, you know, it's not like alien, but it's the same sort of, you know, this weird technology, isn't it? Mm. Bizarre the way they did it. They did it so well. I, I love that also, again, all practical. Like, yeah. Because so, they didn't have fancy these morphing. Yeah, they, they love it like with the Iron Man. Yeah, so you yeah. press a button and this little bit sort of things spread out from yeah, it. Yeah. Click, 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 click. They click, can do click, all that now these days. They can't no, do it this, back. this was... Uh, a physical bit which sort of broke apart into multiple parts and lifted up. Yeah, there would it, have actually been like electronics inside that thing. Yeah, and he, and he he took the mask off, and it is Quaid. He and hand, then he, he hands the head or he chucks throws the head to it. The, and... the customs guy catches it, and Quaid starts running, and 
the cast guy looks down at the head and he says, get ready for a surprise. <laughs> and they explode. Kaboom. Yes. Um, and with that, it causes uh, one of the windows of the terminal to break. And of course, this is where we are being told that if the vacuum is opened, like everyone starts grabbing things because you're going to get sucked oh, out. Yes. And then a few people do get sucked out, don't they? Ah! Oh, yeah. You know, which again goes back to the start of the film. They would have their eyes and head popping out and stuff. Um, and uh, with that, the, the the lead soldier kind of puts on, you know, the emergency thing that shuts all the windows and shuts the door. But Quaid just escapes. He kind of rolls, doesn't does he? does an Indiana Jones. Indiana yeah. Jones rolling under the door. Um, and, of course, Richter's not happy because he wants to get out. And they're like, well, we can't open anything. They're all linked. Um, and he's on this train then in Mars, you know, going across with other people, and he sees this massive pyramid. Uh, and he actually oh, says he's to... He's to the Hilton. Yeah, go, go to the Hilton whatever, for whatever reason. What? Um, yeah, he's told to go He was told to yeah. by himself because he's got a... And this is all playing into that whole it's a dream thing because yeah. he was a spy. Yeah. And he would, it would all be five-star luxury, yeah, luxury things. So yeah. stay at the Hilton, and here he is going to the Hilton. So he does see this pyramid and he does speak to another guy on the train and it's like, um, yeah, he says, oh, the guy says, I used to work in that mine before they found that alien stuff, something like that. Well, that's a rumour, isn't it? <coughs> yeah, but the guy doesn't answer. Like, yeah, he sort of sneers and turns away. Yeah. I seem to feel I recognise that redhead dude with the beard. I'm sure he's in Terminator. I think he's one of the guys oh, in the bar. Yes, he could have been one of those. And I've bar. got a feeling by memory, there's one of those guys that actually he worked. And look, if you're out there, you can totally correct me. But he like he was like Arnie's uh, double. Do you know what I mean? And, mm. But then and then he's in some of those films just as extras. You yes. know what I mean? Like they kind of gave him some of those little roles just to kind of beef up his credit. You know? Yeah. So yeah. So he he gets to the Hilton, and. It's a futuristic five-star resort. Yep. And he's checking in, Mr. Brubaker. And oh, I hope you enjoy your stay. Oh, welcome back, Mr. Brubaker. Yeah. You left something in the storage. Shall I get it for you? And he goes, mm-hmm. you know, he's looking a bit confused. And they come back with a container thing, a yep. lockbox. And the guy puts his thumb on a fingerprint scanner and sort of looks expectantly and says, for your identification. And I remember watching this the first time thinking, oh, is this going to be another, is this going to break out into another chaos? Puts his thumb on it. Beep. Thank you. <clears throat> Here you go. And hands it yeah. over to him. And he opens it up. And there's just like a little flyer in there for the, um, it's not the TV. Well, it's, a, it's, a, it's a boob place. It's, a, it's <laughs> the, the strip club or uh, something. Last resort. The last and resort. And on the back it says, for a good time, call, ask for Molina. Call Molina, yeah. And he grabs yeah. a texter and he writes Molina yeah. and it's the same handwriting. So yeah. he goes, oh, okay. Yes. And off he goes up to his. Uh, he even bother going up to his room. No, he didn't. He then. No, we, just, he then we just cut to going cut, to the. But we cut to. We have a moment in there. That's the moment that um, Richter visits Cohagen, and that's where he gets that telling off. Oh, you yeah. Know, he gets the really. And his office overlooks Mars. Like it's a. Ma- you know, he's up in his ivory tower. Yeah, it's, just, it's the whole this thing. This is the old New York Wall Street view. That it is, yeah. But of that. And, and he actually says, if the rebels win, my power will stop. And this is also where he says, you know, like, if the, while the trivium flows, I'm, you know, all powerful, basically. Yeah. Um, and I love it because there's that. There's that he, he really gets up in his face and we have that we have the scene 
We have the scene, you know, with Arnie's eyes bopping and all that, you know, popping and all that sort of stuff. It's almost like in here, I'm pretty sure, I reckon there's a bit of deliberate here, but it's like we get really into Co Hagen's face, like mm. in his eyes, like he's really angry and he's really like, he's like really up. I'm and sure I, I that like was there. That yeah, takes it. He does. He just totally, totally you, takes it. You, you sort of think maybe he'll get a bit hot headed because he's yeah. shown a bit of yeah disobedience and a bit of hot headedness. Right. But this, he sort of takes it and goes, okay, yeah. Um, and he actually then at the end of this, Cohagen tells him, uh, you know, if we don't, if this doesn't win, I'll erase your ass. <laughs> Not my ass. I use it all the time. <laughs> like it, what will like, I sit on? It's such a like, it's a, I think you're right. Like Richter doesn't say anything, but he's like, he's so angry and pimped up. And so basically he's saying, I am the alpha dog. Like, yeah. you know, you don't do what I'm saying. I'm going to just, I'm just going to knock you out, you know? Um so, yeah, so then we go to, um, we're seeing that he gets into that taxi and the guy, I've got five kids. I've got yeah, five kids to feed. Benny. He always says this story. I got five and it's, kids it's very, um, you know, if you go to, you know, I've been over to um, a couple of countries in Africa where things are, you know, not, not run as smoothly and people are poor. There's a couple of Asian countries. It, it has that feel to it, doesn't it? The yeah. Mars Street. People are like bartering for cab rides. You know, women are, you know, offering them bodies. You know, it's kind of the vibe. It's it's the bit of the the Western, um, the mine the mine at the Western Front, isn't it? You yeah, know, the, it's, it's a bit of the desperation there yeah. of people who have come to Mars to seek yep. their fortune and failed. Failed, and so they've got to kind of make money and do their thing, whatever. Um, and then when we get to this brothel, we, we see oh, you, you miss a, just a, before a the brothel. small bit of foreshadowing there when he's going through the mine tunnels to get to the last resort. They have to suddenly dodge the side as like a big mining yeah, drill mole machine comes through, which of course occurs a little bit later on. There's there's nothing that's true. nothing only happens once in this movie. That's very true, yeah. And sorry, I also did miss that when he's then walking through the street, he sees the mutants. So he meets like the the girl wants to read his palm, you know, yeah. and she can guess his birthday, the little girl. Or his month of his birthday or something. He says you're an Aquarius. Yeah. yeah like, oh, how okay. did you guess that? Yeah. Or well, yeah, wouldn't know. And his mum's got like the face, you know, you know, he's got the all face red. all red and stuff. Um, and then when he's in the brothel, there's a little bit more like the three boob lady. <laughs> yeah, the three boob lady and, and um, oh, what was her nickname in that? The the little woman. Yeah, the little woman. And it was like. I didn't get that, yeah. Th- th- uh, Thumbelina. Thumbelina. That was her name in the, in the movie. Thumbelina. The Thumbelina. She was an Ewok. Yeah. Actress. Obviously yeah. not the real Mars yes. character, but yeah, the yeah. She was an Ewok. Yes. There you go. Uh, there you also, go. and oh, I can't remember what else she was in. Can't remember. So he asked for Melina, and the bartender, owner, whatever, <laughs> pimp, is like, oh, you know, she's particular. Uh, you know, she only goes to the clients. He hands over a big wad of cash. He's like, Melina. Yeah. <laughs> but when they do it, it's a little bit like we were talking about earlier that um, why he wanted to go to Mars and everyone sort of wanted him to go elsewhere. They all look at him a bit knowingly, don't they? It's like, it's, like, oh, it's, it's you again. You're back. He's come back. He's come What's back. What's this mean? Um, but he's offering a lot of cash, so they sort of go with it. So Melina's at that table with, yep. um, as we find out, Guato. Guato. And... Uh, Frank or whatever his name is. With yeah. The, the funny the big, folded head. The form face, yeah. And, and there's that, that wonderful <laughs> line that goes, you, you've got a lot of nerve showing your face around here. <laughs> it's just, look who's talking. <laughs> and 
that they go on up to the room there. Yeah. <laughs> and Quaid's thinking he's going. He's he's in sweet with his Molina chick. Yeah. Because she's all like, "Yeah, come on up." Come and as soon as the door closes, whoosh,ka on the side of his face, mm, yep. and she tells him off. Uh, and and he tell yeah he tells her that he doesn't remember anything. Um, uh, she says he never loved her, but he just used her to get on the inside. And then he, and then he's like, inside what? And she she doesn't answer that question, mm. you know. Um, so that's kind of left a little bit open. Um, we have Cohagen then declaring martial law against the terrorists because there's another terrorist attack, I think. Um, and then. There is this great moment of, uh, so Quaid has left, he's gone back to his hotel room. Um, so he's kind of, you know, he's come all this way. He can't get in with the terrorists. He's got Richter chasing him. You know, he's not really sure what's going on. And the recall leader, the guy from the ad shows up to yeah. his hotel room alone. You know, and he's a middle-aged man. He's a bit overweight. So it's not like he's... It's not like you can overpower Arnie, you know, yes, and Arnie kind of frisks him. Combatant who's yeah, yeah. Up. But what he says to him is he's like, this is a delusion. Ah, oh, the other you movie know? now, like, I suddenly realise. Yeah, so he's like, this is a delusion, you know, this is not real. This you do, You're trapped at recall. We are still there. I'm a implant, you mm. know, in your... In, in, I've been put in here as a safety measure, you know, in the program, you know, you're in IT. Yeah. This is like a safety platform to stop you defaulting. You know, if you keep going down the path and there's a great scene, like it's a really great scene because he says like, you know, he, he even, he goes, oh, well, you know, um, you know, he, he debates, he goes, oh, yeah, it's too perfect. It's too perfect a plan. And then he brings his wife in, yeah, Laurie, and he's like. wife is here. Yeah, yeah. you know, it's like she's, she's here and, and uh, you know, and she's like sort of more like, you know, I'm here at Recall and I'm pleading you to come back and, you know, all you have to do is say yes and come back. And he says, you know, swallow this red pill. Yeah, what is it? How do I do it then? He says, yeah, he pulls out the red pill. The red pill. And now Which... I've gone, okay, now I know the movie you're Because about. he actually says, swallow the red pill and you'll return to reality, yes. you know? Like, and you just think, oh my God, the Matrix. Yeah, people are watching it last <laughs> night. We, we said, oh, I forgot that that was, because uh, I remember it was a pill. The blue pill and the red pill. I remember it was a pill in, in Total Recall. Yeah. But when he said, yeah, just take this red pill and it's a close-up on yeah, the red pill. Yeah, the real pill. And it's that same shape. Yeah, yeah. then it was just like, oh, the Matrix for yeah. sure. I know. This is the Matrix. Because he's lying as well. He says, swallow the red pill, return to reality. Like, it's yeah. like, it's almost identical. It's almost the same line. Yes. Um, and then he threatens him. But oh, this, that acting and that, writing and that in that moment like he pulls a gun because he's then he says well it won't matter if i'll shoot you i'll shoot you yeah i'll kill you because this is just a dream but he really handles that so well doesn't he like talks him all through the process of you'll be in a psychosis you'll, you'll have no other exoplanet <laughs> you'll go back to that schizoid. And it's like really like believable, meantime, isn't it? I will be fine in yeah. the real world, and oh. you will be lobotomized. Yeah, and he's like he's like completely you know you're you're like yeah this guy's right like you mm. know and and laurie's like yeah please you know and then just a bead of sweat well he he puts the pill in his mouth and he says yeah swallow it swallow, swallow yeah it, that's right and he says he's, he's put the gun down he's put yeah. the bead in swallow it, and he's sort of about to and he and just noticed this little, little trickle eye. yeah ding 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 sees the trickle of sweat yeah so he just whoop, bam Pushka, right, <laughs> right the through the head yeah, um, run his third eye. Yeah. Oh, such like that scene is such a good scene. Oh, so one of the things he says here, which is great and sort of adds into this, is it all a dream bit? Is he yeah. says, 
uh, yeah, you shoot me and then you'll go out of control. Next thing you know, you'll be best friends with, it'll turn out you're best friends with the big bad guy. Yeah. And then you'll have an alien artifact, which will, you know, it basically reveals the rest of the plot. He does, yeah. And it sounds as, crazy. As being a crazy adventure. Yep. And then as soon as he shoots him in the head, the wall explodes. Kabushka yeah. and there's smoke and debris and he falls backwards and people come in shooting. So it is almost like the... Um, it is. It almost like pulling that trigger, yeah, sent him off down this crazy train. Yeah. And sure enough, we do discover later on that he is best buddies with Cole Hagen. And, but anyway, so yeah, the, this this happens here and I think Melina bursts in. She Yeah, so the, the, the guys are burst in and they're kind of like, they, they're overpowering and then um, uh, Laurie beats him up. Uh, Laurie beats him up. I don't know why I keep saying Laurie. Uh, Laurie beats him up and then Melina comes out of the escalator shooting the bad guys and then that's where there's that brutal girl-on-girl fight. Yeah. Um, and uh, Laurie, Laurie, <laughs> God, Laurie. Laurie, Laurie. Um, Sharon Stone, I should just call that. Um, she's kind of then overpowering or winning and he comes to and he, bam, Pops consider that you're divorce. Yeah. <laughs> I want to win. Again. And then it was, a, totally was Melina then said something like. She was your wife. She was, yeah, she was your wife. Like, <laughs> like how did you like that? You know, like, well, and the, the doors room. open up and out comes yeah. Richter, Richter and his buddies. And this is where, yeah, there's a little good beat there, isn't it? Because he looks at Laurie and who's his girlfriend? And yeah, and they, yeah, Quaid and Melina jump off, big long thing. You think they're going to fall, but now they catch hold and they climb up. And they're right. They in front climb down of this dome, the, in front yeah. of the dome glass. Yeah. Like, and this is not just a little bit like in the uh, the airport thing. No, it's, it's a it's really like the large. Side. Yeah. And so even though Richter really wants to shoot, he can't. He manages to not shoot and he goes away. Yeah. Uh, and they jump down, they grab, jump in a capsi- taxi and he goes, I've got five kids to feed. <laughs> That's all this guy Is says. Is this when um, gets grumpy again? He, he has another little hissy fit. He does, but I think that happens in a bit because oh, then they, away, they, yeah. they do shoot, Richter shoots and they pursue. pursue. <clears throat> and there's a gunfight that way. The taxi driver is not happy. And they get to the brothel um, and they run in there and they're kind of like hidden through the back to, the back door. And Richter comes in and they're all kind of like, oh, what, what, nothing to see here. And uh, three boobs. Three boobs, yeah. She, Richter says to him, he goes, oh, like, you know, where are they? You know, And she goes, oh, where, whatever. She shrugs him off. He just pounds her in the back. Yeah. Just blazes fires, away. blazes away. And then, and then he says, um, kill them. Yeah. And, and then without he, question, the guards just open the up guns on just, civilians. Yeah, yeah. Why not? Um, and there's a real, there is suddenly like this brothel is okay. The people were getting shot, but then they, they, it's a good old Western, isn't it? Because they bring out a shotgun, the, um, the Ewok, Thumbelina, uh, Thumbelina like she pulls this knife out of the table huge combat knife. and uh, she gets rid of the henchman guy, you yeah, know, she just stabs, stabs him. him right, you know, she gives him a really good one. Um, and Richter is kind of like, although there's all the soldiers, they're kind of out they're suddenly losing mm. and he smashes, he has to dive through the glasses to get out the glass um, front windows of the place. Uh, and he's kind of then back behind the line of the soldiers. They're all firing away. And he gets a message from Kohag and says, get out. Um, and he says, oh, but, you know, Quaid's in here. And he goes, perfect. And he, he says, get all the soldiers out. And they get out and they seal all the doors. Mm. 
you know? And so really quickly we have this kind of everything is sealing, the fans all start to shut down, the power right. starts and to go down. all the locals sort of wander like, out into the street and yeah, look up Yeah, and they're starting fans. to look at these big fans and so they're with a bit of concern, aren't they, you know? They're a bit worried about it. Um, and anyway, uh, Quaid and Melina and the taxi driver are suddenly in these caves and there's these skeletons and they're like, these are the first settlers of Mars. Yeah. They came here, they dug everything up, but they didn't get any rewards. The system was built. Um, they did all the hard work, but the domes were cheap and everyone got radiated and they turned into the mutants, you know, and they didn't get rewarded. Um, and they said that. Someone took the money, and it, that wasn't Cohagen, was it? Like, was that was that Cohagen's boss or something? Oh, or was it Cohagen? Yeah. Anyway, um, and all of a sudden the rebels come out, and um, and you know they want to take them, and they don't like the taxi driver, but he then reveals that he's a mutant with his great big scary long yeah, creepy arm, little robot hand, and then he unfolds unfolds a real, that, and that looked really good. Yeah. Like the way it sort of moved and the two fingers went apart and came back together. Oh, it's just weird. Yes. Um, and anyway, they, they speak. That must have cost a couple million dollars. It would, would have just taken there, yeah. But um, so they all go off into their hiding, into the rebels' hiding, and they speak back at the brothel um, and they've told them that they've turned off the air and they're like, well, I hope Quaid, Quaid has this information. I hope it's worth it because mm. they're starting to suffer without the air. Um, and there's this idea that the terrorist leader, which we haven't mentioned his name, but his name's Quato, I think. Quato. Um, so he's the one that runs the terrorist. He needs to speak with Quaid. Um, so he's taken off one on one with this other, the other guy. Oh, this um, is really cool because the other guy's sort of yeah, saying, oh, yeah, yeah he's, he's coming. He's and coming. Then, and he warns him. He says he's a mutant. And then Quaid says, uh, is Quato is you, isn't it? Yeah. Like the obvious thing that every person is thinking. And he says, no, it's not. And he unbuttons his shirt. Sweaty, hairy chest. <laughs> he's like, oh, yeah. Let's get the jackhammers back out, shall we, boys? He's not here yet. I just want to. <laughs> but then, then suddenly, this sweaty, hairy man chest is, is not quite as attractive because yeah. it's this weird little baby a little thing baby. That's oh. wet and moist and uh, with wacky irises. Yeah, and it's it's very creepy. Open your mind, open your mind, open your mind, and. Yeah, There's we get a like a little, a little tour through the mines through to the pyramid. Yeah. There's this big alien machinery yeah. uh, over ice. And I, I remember watching this the first time thinking that was like a real holy shit moment. Yeah, it was, like, eh? Because they'd sort of mentioned alien artifacts. Oh, the yeah, alien yeah. artifacts. And they'd even had a, that very same picture on an earlier, like you'll find alien artifacts. It's that same picture and again it's done real as in they did that with a model yeah there's a you model know? and so like the the camera zooms through it like a helicopter going over this massive scene doesn't yeah, it glacier, and it kind of machinery. hovers through and it goes down it comes back up underneath it and then like there's a huge big man-made bridge that they've built to get mm. to it and then we sort of come up and we're suddenly like hovering and we come down on top of Cohagen and some scientists and they're talking like they're saying, should we turn it on? And they're like, well, if you turn it on, it might kill, you know, kill everyone It'll and it might destroy everything. It's spread to all the tributing yeah. the planet. And-, kind of, and Cohagen's saying, don't turn it on, blah, blah, blah. You know, like it's no good. Um, and, Which does uh, make a lot of sense. Yeah. I mean, like, the sensible yeah. thing would be to not turn it on. It would be. Oh, turn it on, push the button. The humans always yeah. want to push the button. But anyway, um, but Cohagen, we, we learn here that Cohagen does, basically doesn't want to turn it on because he controls the power of the, of the planet 
um, he controls the air. So it's like if he turns this on and it happens to actually be a good thing for everyone, he would lose out yeah. on his power, you know, so to speak. Um, anyway, all of a sudden then they, they are interrupted by a big boom through the wall again, as you yeah. said, the big grinder through the wall and soldiers are attacking and all this sort of stuff. Um, and so they again, they, you know, uh, they run for it um, and uh, they kind of get to a corner and they go into this part of the mine. They shut the door on the soldiers uh, and the taxi driver then turns and just boom, 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 takes out Oh, she's Quarto, yeah. You know, and like literally, again, it's a spray of bullets and Quarto's like, Gwen, Gwen, turn on, turn on the reactor. Yeah, reactor. <laughs> turn on the reactor. And the taxi driver opens it up to, and I like how like uh, like the taxi driver doesn't because he's a mutant, but like even Richter's like, ugh. Yes. <laughs> like there's a little like, Oh, that's pretty gross. Bam. You know, like, and he shoots he shoots him in the head, doesn't he? He fight, you know, he gets Quarto. Quarto's um, on the head, yes. Quarto's belly head, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> and belly head, yeah. Stomach brain. It's my stomach brain. It's literally a brain. Um, uh, and so Cohagen also, he looks at the body as well. Like, you know, they've got the body back at Cohagen. They're back at Cohagen's headquarters. Um, and he's like, oh, which this was the guy I was fighting all this time, you know. Yeah, this is um, uh, and this is where there's a twist. A twist, yes. What is the twist? Well, uh, they, it's complicated. They've got uh, Quaid <laughs> and Molina strapped into the machine. The just, memory yeah, just before right that, because uh, well, of the video house. Well, they have them. They have them strapped to the chairs. Yes. And then they show the video of the Hauser, which is looks like the video that Hauser message. Yeah, the same message from earlier. And yeah. then it sort of, the camera sort of pulls back and there's Cohagen slapping him on the shoulder oh. and they're like having a bit of a laugh and they're buddy-buddy and says, you see, I want my body back. <laughs> Which is a funny thing to say when, to yourself. But Yeah. But it's funny as well because he, and he says, good, he also says, good job for not killing me. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, but then when you think about what he did, like he volunteered to go in and become a whole different person like, yeah, he could have been killed. Like, he just oh, totally yeah. been Because it's not him, is it? Well, like, in its essence, he has been killed. Yeah, and he has been killed, yeah. yeah. So he wants his body back. He want, It's all been a setup. He's actually best friends with Cohagen on that video. They're like, oh. Just, like, just like that guy said, but he, yeah, he yeah. shot him. Anyway, so they're put back into the total memory. This time, it's not just little Velcro straps. No, they've got the, the red... they got the bolts. Bolts and things. Right down. And, and, and uh, Melina and, is going to be turned into the compliant wife. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, all good women should be. Yeah. Like, it's so... Oh, it's such a good line that Cohagen says to her, eh? He's like... Well, see, we've got to cement Cohagen fix... as evil. Yeah. Because so far, yeah, he's been evil, but now it's personal. Yeah. Because seeing him shoot a bunch of people and order deaths, yeah, but now it's like I'm gonna take away from you the independence that defines yeah. you as a character. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna make you just a compliant little sex slave for him, you know. So yeah, it's um good. And uh, as they're getting the machines going, the Total Recall, they're like reacting to it. The science is like, stop fighting, you know, we'll make it worse. <laughs> and then good old uh, Quaid just like he rips it out, doesn't he? When oh, it's sharp, stabs the guy. Run the throat there. and blood goes I everywhere. Love it. Love it. Kicks a fellow and that thing had to be so sharp. Slams that that 
IV drip holder thing yeah. into the guy's eyeball through yeah. his head and you see him fall back with his thing through his head. And Oh, it's a real brutal... He, these he poor rescues. scientists would have had nothing, no way to I can't believe they were attacking him. Yeah. I mean, if I was them, I'd go, shit, he's escaped. I'm, yeah. Okay, let's okay, go, 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 you know, yeah. Let's, let's, yeah. We'll, we'll alert the guards, shall we? But they yes. were trying to find it. So he releases Molina and he says, Melina, you all right? And he says, why, yes, dear, why would I not be? <laughs> and he's, he looks shocked and then she, yeah laughs him and says let's just get the guns and go so he escapes and it's good really good um writing here because it just cuts from that to richter going you've yeah, got to make uh, yeah. a decision like this guy like we've done all this stuff yeah like and then he goes kill him kill him and this is where he, and then he screams he goes, ah, and kicks over the fish he does and both my wife and i commented nowadays i don't think you get away with the rspc nah. just kill a bunch of fish but this was again foreshadowing of the gasping. Mm. They're flopping about yeah. gasping, helpless. Really clever. Uh, which we've seen a few times now, and we're going to see it again by before the film ends. Yeah, which and it does. It cuts from there to people suffocating. They're already like starting to die. Um, ben, I believe his name was the taxi driver, Benny? suddenly rocks up in this freaking big drilling thing, which, as you said, has been foreshadowed, smashing through the walls and stuff. And he wants to kill them. He wants to drill them to death. Yeah, I'm going to drill your ass. <laughs> and he's kind of like achieving it. Arnie goes in there and he tries to like drill the the machine a bit and then he kind of like loses and he goes back and he gets rid of the oil. So the machine does kind of slow he gets down. His, his big reverse. He gets this drill, massive drill. Slams it into this yeah. other big drill coming yeah, towards him. Right. He gets sprayed. And then just and as Molina is like starting to get gay, yes. he runs around the side and then he's like drilling into the side. And there's a great moment where like Ben, the taxi driver, is like, ah, he's like going crazy yeah. with a bit of power. He's where, like, where yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he suddenly's like, there's the noise and he's like, where are you? Where are you? And then it like comes through and he. Oh, gets drilled blood, up, blood splatters everywhere because that but thing was. There, there's another bit of sort of this um, homoerotic. There is a bit of tension with it. He's got a big, another big power tool facing off another big power tool. Yeah, and like dueling, the and then drill, this gets yeah. sprayed, and then he's, he goes around to come in from the side. And I don't know. It's just maybe I'm just reading too much into that, but it. No, I think there's something there. There is there's something. There. I mean, I remember as a kid, it was it was it was more the fact that. You've got that feeling of very, you know, hyper-masculinity, which I guess. Yeah. Uh, which is in Predator, you know, they're all oiled up and they're all got that, you know, like we talked about the massive gun that uh, Jesse Ventura has, you know, that big firing thing, you know, yeah. like, like you know, like they're all, yeah, it's all versions of masculinity. So they get to the, they're, they're, after that they realise they're pretty much where the alien reactor is. Well, yeah, because <laughs> Benny's drill drilled through, through the, wall. the wall for yeah, them. beautiful. Thanks, Benny. Um, and they're there, and so they run down uh, to the reactor, and um, they basically come across this moment. They see the soldiers. Um, and this is where that handy bit of tech of the watch, the hologram watch, it really comes into play, doesn't yeah. it? And they really play with it in this scene, don't they? They don't just use it once. Yeah, most of the time when there's a gadget, like even in James Bond, they use it once and then toss it away. That's right. And you always think, why, why, would why you wouldn't you not keep just that? keep using that? <laughs> and they do. They, they sort, so of sort of pass it back and forward a bit. Yeah, and he, he walks into the pool of soldiers uh, and they all open fire and he like reacts like he's getting shot. Yeah. And they all keep firing as well, like, and they're in a circle. So I mean, yeah, I they think they would have shot each other. other. But they didn't. Yes. <laughs> but and he like, and then he starts laughing, and they're all like baffled. But he looks off 
the side, so he's not making eye contact. No. So he's kind of not there. He can't really see them, which is the yeah. whole point. He goes, oh. <laughs> and then he steps around the corner. Yeah, shoots. and then starts mowing and, them down. And that's, and that's a great bit that just after this when Molina does a bit of a, a thing. And then he sort of steps around. There's two guards pointing yeah, guns like, at him. You think he, I'm real? He looks off center from <laughs> yeah. them, so he doesn't look at them and goes, you think I'm real? <laughs> I am. Lights <laughs> 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 them away. <laughs> uh, it's really classic. I am. But it's 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 clever because he like throws it to her and she does a trick and then he does a trick. And, yeah, it's good. Yeah. And then anyway, Richter realizes he's the last man standing and all of a sudden he's got no balls. <laughs> he runs and jumps on this elevator thing um, and uh, Quaid, Quaid jumps him. on too. And I'd forgotten this, to be honest, when I was watching this uh, this time round. But then, like, they, so they have their good old fight as it's going up and up and up. So, you know, you know the tension's building. One of them's going to be tossed off, most likely Richter. Are we, are we getting and all at home erotica here? Again. Have one of them being tossed off? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're going to be tossed off. And, and so then Adam Schwarzenegger <laughs> tosses Richter tosses off. off. He tosses him literally off the elevator right before this concrete boulder thing where it, then his arms just his get arms, savagely get ripped or chopped or chomped or whatever it's you want totally to say. Unnecessary. And he's like, see you at the party, Richter. <laughs> like, he throws he your arms, your arms. Like, like He's got these bloodied arms in him. Like anyone else, that could be hell for the rest of their lives, those oh bloody arms. God, but it, yeah. for Arnie, it's just like, eh. See you at the party. Because yeah. like, that's, that's what Richter says when he's leaving, got them strapped in there about yeah, to have their brains yeah. erased. He says, see you at the party house yeah, and yeah. walks out. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> um, anyway, so then he's like, then he's at the re- reactor and he's on his own. So he runs up. It's got the weird alien hand, the Spock kind of thing going on. And he's about to do it. And Cohagen with the machine gun goes, nah, you're not doing it. And they have a little standoff. He's like, you know, there's no point doing this. It's pointless. Um, and then with that, Melina comes up the elevator because, you know, she was down below. So she comes up and fires and gets rid of Cohagen, blows him a bit apart. But he's got an explosive. And again, this is good Arnie style because he, he's, you know, dying Cohagen. He turns the button and um, this explosion. And he, Arnie just picks it up and throws it out. He tosses yeah. out that little hole. You know, like how risky is that? He tosses out this hole. But, of course, that's blowing a bit of a, an exit point on Mars. So they're all starting to be like things are being sucked uh, out, decompressed. This, uh, a, this is a great scene for tension because yeah. everyone's flying out and they're all grabbing onto this, but it's the, the light fixture and the cable yeah. which yeah, rides up and then hooks over the, the button. Yeah. And, and they're all hanging off this and it's just yeah. the three of them balancing hooked around the button. And, and Arnie then starts Arnie's reaching again. And... Cohagen's like, Dah. you just know that when you press that button, it's yeah. gonna sink. Yeah, and so sure enough, Cohagen flies off and goes, wee, falls down the, the <laughs> outside. Bit and- Which again is good writing because he's flung out first, and, and of course he rolls down the mountain, and then when he stops, oh, he's, he's having his bulging and he, you his know, his eyeballs thigh. actually come out on stalks. Yes, they if do. You, if you freeze around the yeah. end, they actually pop out on stalks, which is just I don't know why that would happen, but it's awesome. Well, it's the veins, isn't it? Like but it's, <laughs> I can understand them expanding, but they yeah. pop. Wouldn't they? I think in reality, wouldn't they? Like, if they're going to expand, wouldn't they just expand and pop? Yeah, that's what you think. Yeah, so, like right? I think so. But anyway, but, but this was again sort of telling us this yeah. is what's going to happen. Yeah, when, that's right. Is there, when Quaid and Molina because they're going to be sucked out. Um, he presses the button. He presses the button. Down. The things go down, but he then flops he's first, yeah. And he Malina's sucks out second. Second, yeah. And sure enough, yeah, he's he's down there and starting to he clutch starts his to throat clutch it. And, yeah, 
and then we his dream at the start yes it is and then but with that what he's done is these massive react uh, massive hot things Go into yeah, the, the ice. The tributium, of, as you said, is is overheating. It's yeah. having going in a planetary meltdown. And they said the entire core is ice. I'm pretty sure they don't mean the entire actual literal core. <laughs> it's a Hollywood film. It's fine. Mars is ice because <laughs> the density would be all wrong. But and but yeah, I think they're trying to indicate. Yeah. That there's a great deal of ice. Yeah, and these alien things are big hot rod. I'm sorry. <laughs> and they're penetrating <laughs> the cold ice with steamy intent, and they just ram it in there. Sorry, oh, sorry. this is just. I think it's, it's suddenly the hitting me. Eighties action bit... movies in general. <laughs> yeah. Have you seen we... There's a little bit of a. If we did fantasy, we'd do Conan. Yeah, and, yeah. It's just okay. Like I'm starting to see going. that there's some. There's a bit of subtlety in this movie uh, that maybe I didn't pick up on. But anyway, so those hot rods. <laughs> <laughs> Steam up the atmosphere, making everything okay. You know, like but anyway, so they start. um, I'm surprised we didn't see a rainbow. Yeah, a rainbow would be perfect. So they, you know, the the idea, and where even where Quaid and Melina are, um, there's like a giant burst of you know oxygen. Yeah. Cloud, you know, white cloud. You gotta you gotta show it somehow. Um, And at the same time, Quaid and Melina, their eyes are bulging. You can, they're not doing well. And um, and these things are bursting and they're going across the sky. Oh, it's a big like shockwave. Yeah, shockwave across, I and you can see it smashes through back in the you know the hotel and in the village where all the people are. Yeah. You know the glass shatters, their domes are breaking. So either way, they're and, screwed. And that's a lovely little work. metaphor, isn't it? The dome, which is uh, gives Cohagen all of his power. Yeah, because he just can turn off the air smashed, and smashed. Yeah shatters his power base yeah, and it's all yeah. gone. But it's too late for Cahagan because yeah. he missed out by, you know, maybe about 30 seconds. He did. Because if did. we get the, the wave of air rushes over Melina yeah. and Quaid and their faces shrink back Start down, to shrink they, back, yeah. And they take a few breaths. and It's and a it's nice amount nice. of time. Like, they're still, even when that oxygen passes over them, I, you know, I they remember. pushed them and then they brought it back. You know what I mean? Like, I, so, I remember watching yeah. that the first time when I, I was watching this, I was a teenager of some description. And I was genuinely tense yeah. about that yeah. going, there's no way you can survive that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're too, it's too far gone. And I was thinking, is this going to be one of those dumb movies where they they, both, they rescue they everyone, die. but they all die? Yeah. It's like, no, no, they, they managed to come back, which is nice. And they do, they come back and they kind of stumble. And as I said earlier, the opposite to the start, because literally Quaid, Arnie and Melina, which is at the start, him and a woman, stand on the peak you know, yeah, this peak sort of over a valley. And now we have like the, the thunderstorm starts moving across. And we have blue skies. We have a bit of, you know, there, and we have a bit of blue skies and a little bit of a rainbow there somewhere probably. Oh, and <laughs> and there's always room for a the, rainbow. He's seeing the serenity of Mars. Mars suddenly looks a bit nicer. It's a bit cooler. And yeah, it's not so what, red. What is it that it is? Oh, I should have remembered this, but it's, no, it's not so it's, red. So. This is like, a, it's like it's all a dream. Yeah. And if, yeah, kiss me quick before we wake up. Yeah, it's something, something like that, isn't lines. it? Yeah. And then yeah. fade to black. Fade black and that awesome music of boom, boom, And we're left, boom, we're left boom, with that boom. wonder, you know, could it have been a dream? Because I said, the, you don't know. the pack, <laughs> the Mars pack, if you see on the screen when he first goes to recall the rest of the film, the, the Mars pack he got with the secret agent was called Blue Skies Over Mars. Yeah. And at the end, Blue and of sky. course, in the middle, where he's offered the red pill, he yeah. says you'll become his best friend. You'll 
And the sales the agent says that. He says, without giving you any spoilers, you will be the big hero who, with all the conflict in that, you will save the day. You know what I mean? Like you'll he, get the girl. You'll yeah, get the like, girl and you'll save the day. Like So it's like, yeah, I mean, that's what's happened. Yeah. The only problem <laughs> is, of course, that we've seen things that Quaid couldn't possibly have dreamt. No. Unless he dreams like in a movie. I don't know. But no, but they've implanted the memory, right? But it so is, it doesn't need it is to interesting, be... though, is does it, how much difference does it make? It doesn't. It doesn't. Because it's a story, isn't it? What, you know, Total Recall 2, he wakes up, he goes home, divorces Laurie because uh, to him, the whole experience on Mars was real. Mm. And he's a little bit shattered by all of this because he is actually just a construction worker. And, you know, well, yeah, it would kind of he ruin it. He becomes homeless and addicted to drugs. It would kind of, you know, those comedy movies that, you know, you, you do a few credits and they kind of like tell you a couple extra scenes. Yeah. Like it would kind of ruin it if then like he was like, oh, and he's like at recall yeah. and they're like, did you have a good time? He's like, yeah, but am I actually just a construction worker? Yeah, that's what that's what you paid for. Do you want to pay for another memory? We've got more packages. I'm broke now. I've got to go back to work. And yeah. then, yeah, go home, Laurie. Yeah, this isn't the life I signed yeah, up. Laurie, you hell? kind of attacked me and yeah. tried to kill me a couple I, of times. I'm actually into blonde. I'm actually, no, I'm not into blondes. I'm into brunettes, actually. Yeah. Or guys. Sleazy demure. <laughs> yeah, you're a bit too sophisticated. You're into tennis. You know, into like, tennis. you know. <laughs> you don't work at a brothel? Yeah. <laughs> I'm into that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah I might just go kill myself. <laughs> you know, like. That's so, the sad ending of Total Recall. So yeah, so so first experience, you can tell, you can tell this is a '90s movie. Yeah, but it holds together well. You 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 do yeah. the thing where you know when you watch an '80s movie, the the haircuts and things. Yeah, and no doubt in twenty years time, thirty years time, when we're geriatrics of some description, <laughs> more so. Yeah, we're well to go. Ah, oh, that was definitely that's clearly a 2020s movie. Yeah, you know, and already you can sort of see you some can, of the action movies yeah. of like, you know, the Lincoln Vampire Slayer uh. and Hansel and Gretel movies. Those ones that sort of sort of came out with our these ultra slick sort yeah. of weird tech periodic. I don't know. Like, yeah, whatever it was. Ah, uh, and and the and the the uh, the ads for them always had that bass drop. <laughs> As something cool happened, yeah. you know, someone was dodged something. Yeah. You get it slow down like the Matrix. Everyone yeah, was copy of a Matrix, yeah. And yeah, so you can pick anything that's sort of in that early noughties, yeah. tens you can. time. And, and, and there is fashion. Like my wife and I have, have watched a couple of like just cheesy comedy things or romantic comedies where, you know, like the girls wore those berets and stuff. You're like, oh, that's late 90s, you know, mm. early, all, early noughties. You know, they just wore... You can, you can. It depends on the type of film. Um, but this one, I think, holds itself. And I mean, like you said, like we, the televisions on the train, why are they so chunky? But like I, they don't need to be, the, but it's forgivable. The cartoonish overkill of yeah. violence and things uh, prevents you from worrying too much for that yeah. because it, it says, yeah, don't, you know, this is a serious movie, but it's not that serious. Yes. Like and, and clearly it's not because some of these action scenes that we've explained here, like we're laughing out loud talking about them. We are, but not because they're so terrible, but because it's just over the top, blasting cool. And, yeah, and I, I think after the Matrix, people tried to get because Matrix 
gave you that and one day we'll do the matrix because oh my god yeah i watched the trilogy just recently with my wife and when i first watched those other two movies so the first one i really loved yeah the the next two i remember not really thinking were very good yes but watching them now after leaving the age and the rest of it and actually paying more attention they're actually not bad yeah it's quite quite good number four is coming out soon so maybe maybe before we see number four we should we should go back and do go back one. and do the other ones. Yeah. But yeah. After after the Matrix, of course, they went from okay, action movies aren't cool. Like you know, you look at your diehards and, yeah. and your Arnie movies and uh, Lethal Weapon. They're all really quite, you know, the gunshots were loud and the blood shot bursts yeah. were big and like the 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 punches were big crunchy sounds to the face and and then after the Matrix, they all became these like super slick, sudden slow motion, sudden speed ups, <laughs> yeah. like swirling martial arty yeah, yeah. you know s- splashes of water and stuff that all just did that to death yeah uh so maybe well that's why then you get i mean it's canar reason again but that's why i think personally in the action genre and we're not doing that here but like when you do get to then john wick Mm. The John Wick stuff. That's very much that a return, isn't it? Suddenly is a little bit, it's still modern. It, it stays modern and relevant, but the action takes you back a little bit to those 80s. It does. It's I, not even the Matrix action. It's more this Arnie diehard action, you know, like it's more grungy and grittier. Well. Yeah, and that's the thing. They sort of, they've mixed, they've mixed a bit of that sort of, it's just raw violence rather than trying to be, the super slickness that the Matrix brought. The Matrix, I love the Matrix and we we do need to do it. And the science fiction of the Matrix is brilliant. But yeah, that that specific sort of, as you've just been describing, like that action sequence, you know, became a thing, didn't it, for the last 20 years. But yeah, I mean, again, I I don't see all the actions that are out there, but I know John Wick, um, I've seen the the two John Wicks, not the third one, but those two... That's what it. That's what I thought. I thought, wow, this is like wham bam, eighties, mm. early nineties action. Even the plot, you know, is, yeah. Oh, the plot is so so. It's a revenge plot thing, you know, and, and, and a really simple revenge. Kill it my is, dog it, yeah. sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, you know, and um, but the violence is there. Like it's sheer violence, like we're talking about here, you know. Yeah, yeah. which is why I think <laughs> this holds up because you watch it and you realize that this stylized violence, yeah, it it distracts you from the the kitschy sort of 80s, 90s scenery because it just reminds you actually this is all a little bit cartoonish. So if you're seeing these big sort of chunky TV screens, yeah, it's kind of part of the show. Yeah. Because the funny thing is they do have that flat screen in his that he's watching the news on the start. Yeah, yeah. So I I guess they they didn't feel like copying that through in all the trains. Okay, so what about our latter results? So this one being a classic film. Classic film. I what about you? Where, you? where are you going to put this? Uh, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't like doing the classic one. <laughs> no, That's neither really do hard. I. But uh, because they, they each have, like the reason they're in the classic, they each have their bit. Uh, I'm definitely putting this towards the top. We've only done five. Uh, I'm just getting my classic. So I've got, I've just put mine in alphabetical order because <laughs> I'm weak. Uh, but if I were to, if I were to try and put this in. Yeah. Well, I don't think we're so much comparing these ones on a ladder. No, it's, it's, it's quite tough. This one I have seen a lot of times, so I would put it towards the top for that reason. Mm. But yeah. 
it's it's got these different ones like so space odyssey is just it's just so uh i suppose iconic in its construction and groundbreaking in its presentation and what it's showing even though looking because looking back on it now uh i was impressed by what i was knowing it's from 1968 or whatever it was like it's just incredible uh and yeah back to the future is it's just like the the perfect you know um hollywood plot yeah and and everything stitches together nicely and it it's yeah it is the classic hollywood film it's beautiful the event horizon because it's just <laughs> it's got that scene where it fuzzes out and someone's like reaching into someone's mouth whilst they're pulling their guts oh, in. God. just whatever no. it's just it's too good that the, the combination of horror science fiction that thing so yeah i I've certainly put it in there it's deserves to be there as we've spoken there's been a number of films that have referenced off this uh there are so many scenes that just stand out as being memorable and and the whole the whole thing is so exciting yeah it is cleverly done i don't think it ever pushes it into the totally absurd Mm. but it definitely does definitely steers clear of the purely serious i'm a real philosophical think piece you know yeah like the matrix goes more philosophical think piece with some cool action and this one is more like here's some brutal action that you're just going to (laughs) cheer along to but underneath it is this really cool and interesting science fiction concept and story which will if you peel away the action, you go, actually, this is kind of really something to think about and consider. So, yeah, I, I think it fits there nicely. What do you, you got yeah, to say? Yeah, look, it's tough. It's a tough one. I mean, I think if I, because I've got to also think with Total Recall, like you've said earlier, I've seen this film so many times. I mean, all most of those classic ones, um, we talk, I mean, 2001 for me was something that was specifically, I came to it kind of like the age of 18, 19 because of going to film school, people talking about Kubrick and that. Um, and I've seen it a couple of times since then and we talked a lot about that and it's just like, to me, it blows my mind. But then like probably very similar to Back to the Future, Total Recall, it's like one of those ones that the age I was at, I was kind of, you know, heading towards puberty, loving people like Arnold Schwarzenegger and mm-hmm. Sylvester Sloan, anything they did I kind of loved. Um, and then when you take this film, like it has so many cool things that I still like when I watched it again this time, I'm like, I love that x-ray thing. I love the fingernail thing, you know, yeah, like, the fingernail like one I loved as well. It's... Like it's just these little touches of the future that I love. Cause I think that's part of it for me is with any science fiction, it's kind of like, I want to see some sort of future, you know, like yeah. I want to see, and I don't just want it to be you know, like a Malacani version of our current society. I want to see something that we don't think of, you know, like something that is absurd to us right now. Like, yeah, touching the fingernails and it's instantly a colour. Like, yeah, there's these cool things, you know. Um, <clears throat> I'm surprised that's not a thing though. Yeah, I know, me too. Yeah. There must be a way of being able to do that, like with, with electronic ink and printed on LEDs or LCD or something. That must be possible. Must be possible. Yeah, so you kids out there, you watch this movie and make it an app that can just scan your fingernails. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, so it's it's really hard. And when you like, you've just run through those films. Like, where do you put it on that list? And I mean, I'm not trying to do this as a list. I don't think, but I'd probably 
I'd probably would put it under Back to the Future, like for me. So it's probably more like Space Odyssey, Back to the Future, and then Total Recall, and then probably others go down from there. I think it's just, it's a clever story, this one. Um, to be honest, I've seen it a lot, and I still have to argue that they don't completely tell you if it's a dream or not. Like, and I no. like that. Like, I, I do, like, personally, I like that. It's not quite totally packaged although it, it pretty much is um well, the, but the, i think the that's nice cool thing actually like, you bring that up because there's a number of movies where they they want to leave you guessing like, mm. and there's ways that you can do it that just piss you off yes because you, yeah. you don't want it to be just a dream because that just invalidates yes, its entire correct. existence yep so you want it but it's nice to have that niggling yeah what if it was what just, if it was what, a dream yeah like as yeah. opposed to you know, like, yeah, you don't want it to be at the end. Oh, the whole thing was a dream, you know, and you're yeah. like, oh, well, that was pointless. You, but in this concept, it's like, well, maybe it was an altered memory, you know, like, I don't know, but I like that. But you're right. It's just a little subtleness to it, you know. Um, so, yeah. And just all those one liners from Arnie again, you know, we yeah. talked a lot about it with Predator. You don't get them like you used to. In no, this, he, you know? he invented, he was the master. He was the master of the one line, I reckon. Uh, Bruce Willis had a couple of good yeah. ones. But, you big IA motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> um. So that's really good. And I think, look, we've covered um, best scene, worst scene. We've talked a lot about those bits. Um, I love that head mask scene at pass, Passport Control. So we've probably covered, though, I think we've covered enough about the best scene tonight. Sorry. So why don't you get into what was the science that you wanted to talk about with Total Recall? There is a lot. We, we, we've mentioned these futuristic oh, there's, technology, there's but what is lot. the thing that you want to focus Well, I was looking at, um, because I'm watching on Netflix at the moment the show Mars, which is a uh, it's a weird dramatized documentary of an a, you know a, a an imagined voyage to Mars to establish a colony. Okay, so it, it goes Sounds from quite interesting. Goes from 2016 where you have real yeah. interviews with. Uh, you know, the scientists and engineers from NASA and so forth, and, and even Elon Musk who, who wants to get to Mars. And they talk about some of the technical details and difficulties and so on. And, and they have, uh, like, they talk to Scott Kelly who spent a year in orbit okay. in microgravity because they wanted to find out what happens to a person because it would take between seven and nine months to get to Mars. And so what can humans genuinely do that and then arrive on Mars and be functional? Or will we just turn up there and, and we'll be helpless babies? And thus we need something other than that. We need cohabit. But then they <laughs> but then they swap between this sort of documentary to this dramatization of and and it's a good it's a good version, a good dramatization. It's not a um, you know, what do you call those fire two seconds to disaster or whatever, <laughs> yeah. you know, the or air flight investigation, air crash yeah. investigation. Uh, you know, it's, it's actually, uh, you know, on its own right, a good little show where they, yeah. a crew are chosen, they sort of have their exit interviews as they're going to go and they, they fly off on the rocket when they land. They have some troubles coming to land because this spaceship's been going through space for seven months uh, and they've never landed on a rocket like this on Mars before and so they they do that. It's drama. Yeah, really, there's yeah. a bit of drama. Someone gets injured and they have... They're like some malfunction machinery, and so they've got to sort of race against the their dwindling oxygen supplies to get to the base that's been set up for them and things. Yeah, yeah. So it's quite good. So I was thinking about that, and 
I was thinking one of the biggest problems I think with going to Mars, like to colonize Mars, you wouldn't want to do that first. No. Because you would need you need heavy industry. Yeah. Before you could you could probably do like a a research stint on Mars. Yeah. Where you send some people up there and they kind of potter about for a couple of weeks or a couple of months and then come back. But if you wanted people to genuinely live there, you would need to have like big ass shelters, like proper industrial strength shelters. You'd need to have a water supply that's not just like a an efficient recycling unit. You know, you'd need to have a a water supply that people aren't worried that a little breakdown or a battery malfunction will just kill you. Yeah. And you'd need to have, you know, diggers and bulldozers to to do some earth moving and that sort of thing. So you'd really want to establish uh, heavy industry in space first. But I think also the moon, and this is what a lot of people have talked about, is the moon as a staging platform and a practice run. Because we can get there in a few weeks. I think it's like a few weeks. It's only 400,000 kilometers. It's not that all. So it's basically from from Perth to Sydney sort of distance. Uh, as opposed to what people in Europe might be considering a long distance, which is like London to Edinburgh, which is, uh, you know, I probably commute that far most days. Yes. But uh, it's, so you're going to, to the moon, and people have been talking about going to the moon and setting up a, a colony there. And not necessarily a colony, but like a research station, yeah. mainly to find out how can we make habitats, how can we survive this mm. on Earth. And I've spoken about this before on the, the space between us, where yeah. off our planet, it's incredibly hostile. Like we've got this big magnetic shield and atmosphere that wraps us and protects us from the sun and radiation and extreme weather. Like mm. we think we have extreme weather here, but we don't. The moon has shifts of like 200 degrees in a yeah. day type of thing. But what they've found on the moon, say back in 2014, but confirmed in 2018 is caves, cave systems. And they've also confirmed cave systems on Mars. And they reckon this is really good for habitat because we can't, you know, shift a bunch of D40 bulldozers to Mars and, <clears throat> and mound up great huge bankments and then put a steel roof with three meters of concrete yeah. and lead shielding. We can't do that in any reasonable fashion. We actually could, but it would just be mind boggling and expensive. But what we could do is find a lava tube, which we have on Mars, on Mars, but also on the moon. And a lava tube is formed you know, a long time ago when the moon was volcanic, was partially molten. And as, it, as the outside cools, it insulates the inner stuff, which stays liquid, and it drains away, leaving a tube. And so they found a bunch of these, and they found a lot of ice on the moon as well. So they, they reckon about... One, oh, is that more? I don't know. One to three, one to three percent of the topsoil basically is frozen water, and on the poles of the moon, there's actually these shaded craters which uh, remain permanently in shadow. They've collected ice from passing comets and whatever else over the hundreds and millions of billions of years of being up there. So there's this an astonishingly large amount of water up there. So the combination of getting a lava tube, which could be, because we've got very low gravity there, lava tubes here on Earth are relatively small because once they get 
above a certain size, they just collapse on themselves. They're not structurally strong enough. Yeah. But the uh, moon's gravity is one eight hours. They reckon they could have a hundred meter uh, or, or even several mile wide cavities. Yeah. Which would be great because they're already quite well sealed. They're in basalt, like hardened magma. It's, there was no um, uh, air pockets because, well, it's the moon. There's no air. So it's solid basalt. Uh, it's very well sealed. You just plug up the bits with some concrete and steel, which we, you know, still be expensive, but we could get it up there. Yeah. And then you could get the water and like on Total Recall, you could basically split the water. Water is hydrogen and oxygen. So wonderful stuff. You could evaporate it and that will give you steam, a bit of humidity, which would be nice. Humans, we need a bit of humidity. And then solar panels could, over time, split oxygen and hydrogen. We could take the hydrogen, use that in our fuel cells. Oxygen, well, we want oxygen. There's also frozen carbon dioxide. You know, carbon dioxide freezes about negative 80 and the moon gets negative 200 or so. So there's chunks of carbon dioxide. So mm. we could make an atmosphere. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all very expensive, very difficult, but certainly a lot easier on the moon than it is on Mars. Yeah. And this would form mm. the blueprint then for Martian colonies, which would be wonderful. And I mean, the good thing with thinking about it that way is, as you said, we're not far from Earth, so... You know, it's more practical to get Re there. Resupply missions, yeah, like uh, if, hard, but yeah, possible, more possible. And yeah. and as you said, it can be a blueprint going into the future to do it to another planet like Mars. Yeah. I and mean, we got to the moon in 1969. Yeah, apparently. And I mean, Trump with the Space Force want space to get Force. there again. Well, there's kind of a, a a race on mining on the moon. So yeah. this is something I was looking at as well. Uh, mining on the moon, haven't seen. Ultimately, you say that, and that's where my ears prick up, as in that's the way to make space exploration happen, is you've got to get the private well, sector you involved. See, like, you have to... Look at... Look, in Australia, we're full of these huge mining companies. They will go to the ends of the, you know, the, the most extreme climates if it's worth it in terms of money. Absolutely. You know? I mean, you have these rigs... Uh, you know, there's a fellow friend of um he's a dad of, of one of the kids at our school who he's out on in the ocean in one of those bloody you know floating vessels that's larger than a freaking city mm. you know and it's out there and you think it costs 40 40 billion dollars to set up you know like these things once there's money involved like a mineral or something private sector's interested and that i i feel like with space that's what hasn't quite gotten there there you've got to get the private sector involved in some some sort of exchange you know yeah and they've got um a company that wants uh propulsion satellite propulsion fuel because one of the expensive things every kilogram you try to send into space costs thousands tens of thousands hundreds Million of thousands, millions of dollars <laughs> lots of money it's a lot cheaper now yeah than it used to be but it's still it's, it's still a lot real of money yeah uh, so there's a, a company there that wants to refuel satellites because the problem is satellites go up with a limited fuel supply. Yeah. And they need that in order to correct course uh, because they, their orbits slowly decay. Yeah. Like they don't they don't stay forever. They no. just and slowly come back to Earth, I suppose. It could be many, many years, decades yeah. before they collapse. 50. But the problem is within a few years of no course correction, if these are you know satellites that are supposed to be doing communications and they're out of alignment, 
then it's, yeah, it's the communication valve. So they need a little bit of fuel in there just to keep them boosted out to the right point. And also, there's a concern that there's going to be enough satellites that you'll have to dodge uh, things. So they're saying there's this one company that says they would pay three thousand dollars a kilogram for fuel delivered to their satellites. And this, then you can get this fuel. It's hydrogen or um, hydrogen peroxide, which is you can make that from water and electricity. So they're saying if you can mine this stuff on the moon, mm. it's a lot cheaper than to transport it, assuming you set it up on the moon. So they're saying that's already, so that's $3,000 a kilogram. That's mm. not yet viable, but it would be, if you found the other thing that's viable, yeah. this would be something that would you know, yeah. sweeten the deal, as it were. But it's kind of like um, governments paying for recycling a a glass bottle, do you know what I mean? Like there's not necessarily a massive uh, profit, but as soon as you incentive, as soon as you put an incentive on a product, then people get interested, you know? And so that's that's where I see, you, even you saying that, right? You might say $3,000 a kilo and people go, well, that, is that a lot of money? And it's like, no, it's not much money. It's like three cents in a hundred dollars to a government. Yeah. But then it's like, yeah, but the, the thing is then it gives you a market and suddenly once you build a market, they might not be the only company. Another company comes and goes, oh, well, we'll actually pay 5,000. You know, like you, that's what you do. You create a market. Well, or out of you'll, it. you'll find ways of making you know, it more we efficient. Say we need to get our delivery process under $3,000. In fact, if yeah. we can make it equal $3,000 a kilo. Yeah. And it breaks even. Breaks even. We win on the research. That's right. Engineering yeah. Yeah. knowledge. Yes, that's it. So, and, and even people would be willing to, to take a bit of a loss. Yeah. It, yeah. If you're, yeah. If you're only losing uh, a few hundred million dollars in the year for doing this delivery of space fuel, yeah. then you can mark that down as R&D. You can. Uh, so it's, <laughs> the company is called United Launch Alliance. So it's a $3,000 per kilogram offer they first made in 2016. For moon-derived propellant delivered to low-Earth orbit, the satellite communications industry could well be the first market for space research. Yeah, and there you go, yeah. And this is from space.com. So, yeah, mining on the moon, a heavy industry in zero-G, very important because it's uh, it's difficult to maneuver stuff, but it's very it's you don't need as strong uh, equipment to do it. You don't need yeah. as heavy an industry because you're not battling... 9.8 meters per second acceleration. <laughs> yeah, and if you can then deliver, because if, if you can then build uh, these heavy componentry in space from the moon or from mm. asteroids or something, you can then actually, you could deliver them by robot to yep. Mars, which would mean that when you do get there after seven months, it's not such a death trip because you turn up there and there will be like a, a serious bunker yeah, which will keep you safe for long enough to make use of the you know, the heavy machinery, we've got, we've got diggers and we've got drills and, you know, sort of stuff that you could do some serious extraction of water mm. and minerals and fuel and you could get into those caves and you could actually yeah. have a go at it. Otherwise, otherwise you're using paper mache and string and hoping. I mean, who's going to spend seven months of their life going out to Mars to probably almost certainly die within the first week? Yeah, you'll get you'll get first wave people who would assume they won't die in the first week, but they would, and then the next wave of people would kind of go. Yeah, you'd probably get a second wave going. Oh yeah, yeah, we know the mistakes. The third wave though would kind of go. Now yeah. let's let's do something else a bit yeah. more. 
you know, safe because first of all, it costs billions of dollars to get out there, and secondly, we don't live long. Mm. So, anyway, yeah. so that's and isn't that kind of what happened? Yeah, well, yeah, we they made it to the moon, but then following missions was it Apollo that Apollo one that blew up? Apollo you know? twelve. Yeah, you know, Apollo like thirteen. Apollo almost. thirteen. There was a disaster. You know, like so. You, you start to go, yeah, this is costing billions plus it doesn't look that great because we're all people dying, you know, like all people not making it or we're not really getting it's not anything as out of it. Like we sort of got lucky with Apollo yeah. 11 and no, 11 and 12 got to the moon. Yeah. 13 had the trouble. Yeah. Uh, and, Apollo, and then there was Apollo 8 or something rather exploded. The one that blew up, yeah. So it's like saying, well, it's not a great track record of actually getting there. And the thing with that one that exploded because it, so that Tanya and I watched that talked about that, but um, the thing with that as well is they like put a teacher. You know, it was like a PR thing. Oh, we can send anyone. We can't send anyone. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. a, no, no, no. Actually, we've learned we can't. Cavalier about our yeah, yeah. Um, launches here. This is serious <laughs> stuff. It's actually a little bit harder than you thought. But anyway, that's it. so I'm going to keep, keep it brief. And we're talking about that establishing moon bases, and people are talking. There's genuine plans being built up. Yeah, NASA is. And, and a number of other engineers are genuinely looking into um, this space warping technology for traveling close to or faster than the speed of light without actually breaking any of those laws. Mm. There, there are a couple of significant challenges to that, but yeah. it, it's like, like wormholes. There's mass yeah. which says it should happen, which kind of means that if, so long as that mass doesn't turn out to be wrong, then it will happen. Yeah. A matter of time. Yep. So what about uh, technicalities, filmmaking, sound? Oh, look, I'm going to be quick because I, I think we're at, our, we're at our point and we have talked about so many moments. So, um, you know, like uh, we talked about uh, the symbols of the fish suffocating, I thought was really cool. You talk about, um, you know, the mutants being sort of like, you know, the symbol of sort of the under society talk about like labeling the terrorists when really they're just fighting for air. They're not really like doing anything that wrong in a way. They're just trying to get their way back. Um, you know, the mystery as well of the aliens, like, you know, the, the idea of the, the aliens that set this thing up, why didn't they do it on Mars? Like, it's a weird thing, isn't it? Um, the, also the symbol of like, is it a dream? Is it not a dream? Uh, and messing with one's, memory without going too deep you know like mm. as you said it like some, down something like the matrix um something like you know even when we've looked at like a film like tau you know that it's go tries to go deep into the philosophy of technology or something this film did enough without going like super deep on it which is cool um so i you know the one i don't want to go into the details of to i think we've kind of covered enough the only thing is that music sorry the that music. opening music of dum 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 i don't remember it <laughs> oh come on oh, the attention. opening credits next next time i watch it i yeah. swear to god i will jeez it's good i don't i i didn't even look into the composer but it's like you can't like, it, it, and, and there's like a scratching noise, you know, like it's so good. So good. I love it. Um, Jerry Goldsmith. Jerry, oh, well, of course, Jerry. We all know Jerry yes. Goldsmith. He's one of the big boys. Oh, look at that. Just a couple of things he's done. Star Trek motion picture. Yep. Uh, and four other Star Trek films. He's done Logan's Run, Planet of the Apes. Planet of the Apes, yeah. Uh, the Omen. 
Capital they... One Alien. Yeah. Uh, Poltergeist. Total Recall. Gremlins. Basic Instinct. Air Force One. Uh, Mulan. The Mummy. Three Rambo films. This guy's big. Uh, Universal Studios opening logo. Dun, 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 dun. So there you, there you go. There you go, Jay. So Jerry Goldsmith and uh, who's the other one? The Mark Williams is it or um, not Mark. Um, John Williams. John Williams. Mark Williams yeah. is the Australian. And then we singer. never mentioned it with with Interstellar, but it was Hans Zimmer. Hans. Hans Zimmer. Hans, I, I've actually got him on my playlist on my iTunes thing. Some like, of these big names. Oh, I know. I need to add this guy. Actually, I need to listen to a bit of that stuff because I was. I the credits are quite. You know, they're a bit long. The opening credits of Total Recall. It's that doom, and they've got that shadow effect of the titles. Mm. Old school. Yeah. Pre-computer effects. They're going on, and um, yeah, and it's like uh, that music just. It just grabbed It you. was interesting, the, the computer effects here, mm. or the non-computer effects. So mm. when the alien machine turns on, there's like sort of glowing and lightning. Yeah. And yep. that's, it's all sort of drawn in. Yes. And I was just watching it going, she's not. Because I remember 1990. Like, yeah, me too. And I remember it being modern time. Yeah, me too. <laughs> and, but now I'm watching. That makes that, you sound really old when you say it like that. And I'm, and I'm watching. Sure, my dad's at that. Total Recall and much of it, the special effects hold up. You know, yeah. the color changing fingernails, yeah. not a problem. Johnny yeah. Cab is 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 a Johnny Cab could be now, yeah, believable animatronic robot thing. Uh, even the screen wall TV, yeah, it's a little bit green screeny, but it was, it was still pretty good. But the um, yeah, the the lightning effect on the on on the alien tech, but like um. The you know like those special effects of of Johnny the the cab the um was his name the baby the the baby head thing Guato Guato um Guato the popping of the eyes I mean they're all freaking amazing special effects aren't they like there's no stopping there's no stopping the actual effects there is there like it looks real you no, know like even that's... Johnny the cab like. It's robotic. You can tell it's robotic. I mean, there must have been some puppetry going He's on with this, especially. Yeah. And yeah, the eye popping and the face bulging, that is so good. You can, it's you, incredible. Like, you wouldn't have been able to do much better with nah, computers. Nah, nah. And, and I, I, to, to be honest, I think it, it is better, you know? Like, yeah. And that's even the thing, like, it, I mean, a film like this got away with, you know, a lot of that was sets. You know, I think there's a big kudos to the set designer. Like even on Mars, you know, like them driving and the big drills and they're driving from the Ritz to the... He actually, the taxi driver, I don't know if you noticed, he made the comedy. He goes, you guys are like just going in a circle. Yeah. And it's like, because they're just, that's all they are doing. They're just driving around the set. Like it's just a circle. But you think about it, you're like far out, like how big of a set was that yeah. to have like a hotel glass dome well, they had that, right? uh, the, the airport lobby yeah you know and um, i know they change things like it's like a big warehouse studio set and they might like so they film all the bits with the brothel and then they like dismantle it and then they build up something else so they do it like that they don't completely just build the whole thing but you're like not like in i am mother where they built the bunker they built the whole bunker yeah but it's like, so it's, it's, it's a situation like that. They build that out and you just think, wow, like it's, 
incredible set, isn't it? And they can drive cars through it and everything. It's that big, mm. you know? Um, so I, that's where I, for this particular film, that's where I want to put my technicalities into is the music and the set special effects stuff. I just okay. think like that is worth its weight in gold because if you do it, like I watched a recent TV show, which is science fiction. It's available on Amazon Prime um, and it's by Greg Daniels. It's a comedy slash drama. He's the guy behind The Office in America and Parks and Recreation and he's been he's written for The Simpsons and stuff like that. He's done a whole bunch of TV. And this is science fiction where the main character in the first episode, die, he's dying and so his girlfriend does an upload. It's called oh, Upload and it's yeah. like heaven, but you, know, but you have to pay for everything. And it's this beautiful hotel up in the woods and stuff. Um, but the thing in that is like they have self-driving cars. So there's no robot. It's very much how probably we see self-driving cars. It's just a glass bubble. This car can never crash, but it crashes, you know. His car crashes, you know. And it's like, I think about Johnny Cabs and you're like, yeah, they wouldn't do this now, would they? They wouldn't put the stupid robot in there with a the grin and the smile. But in 1990, they did that. And it's it's kind of better than the special effects uh, of like yeah. a... You'd, digital car with no robot you'd feel i, I think maybe you feel more confident with i like, think you would because you think, think an argument something for is it. in control something is in control and he's because i've and seen annoying. the i've seen the demos of them in the self-driving cars yeah, with the yeah, person there's nothing seeing there. the passenger side yeah. and the car's driving and, and the person's <laughs> freaking out because yeah. even though they're the engineer they're still kind of you know yeah. they're, they're sitting nervously in their chair and and this car the steering wheel is just turning and it's just driving through the course I think you would. I think it's a lay. I think it's a little bit different. Like I've seen some footage in Germany where the um, oh, it's one of the big uh, delivery companies, and they're doing it with the trucks. Mm. So the trucks are self-driving. The truck drivers like they go take your hands off the wheel, and the truck driver does that. And then the truck driver's like on on a tablet computer thing, and he's just monitoring the truck, mm. but it's driving itself, you know. But he's sitting there. I mean, and he's pretty comfortable. You know, that's what he does. This, this is okay. The truck probably does a bit of automatic stuff anyway. You know, it's just the next level. Can it kind of navigate down a freeway by itself? But it's like as a commuter, like as a normal person hopping into a car, like a taxi with no driver, like, I don't know, it'd be a bit weird, wouldn't it? Like, Yeah, I, I could imagine there being... And, and whereas maybe, a and maybe like Uber or whoever's coming up with these things should give that a shot of putting like a, a bit of a... Uh, a torso, a body, or something. A body, there that yeah. Maybe, See. maybe you can talk to it, and maybe it does actually. If you sort of say, you know, the equivalent of of Hey Johnny Cab, it connects <laughs> you through to a someone, chat bot, an actual, and, yeah. and maybe someone can answer questions. Yeah, you can sort of say, uh, you know, how's hey, your day gone? Yes, it's gone good. I, well, I think it'd be more the case of Hey Johnny Cab. I think you're taking the wrong turn, and someone <laughs> can actually look it up and check on the yeah. monitoring. So, so you, you know, you there's something something is there's in a control. double check going on. Yeah. But anyway, I, I like that idea of um, the special effects of that, you know, that they've gone to this effort. There's a robot driving these cars, you know, and, then, and yeah, those things like the eyes popping, the um, skeleton x-ray. I love the futuristic. Yeah, it's And it's those good special effects are great. Yeah, it hasn't gone for everything is no. super sci-fi. No. Like, everyone's still just wearing normal clothes. Yeah. Like, yeah. There's not people wearing these weird you know, baubles on their heads or strange shoulder pads. It's a bit 90s, but it's relative. Most of it is relatively subdued 90s. It is, it is. Someone like the news anchor woman, she was 
quite late eighties. Yeah, yeah. She yeah. had the the hair and stuff going on, but most of the people there, you could probably certainly um, Quaid and Howie, and Co. You could just put them in any time zone. Yeah. They were just wearing jeans and shirts. And, construction know. workers, sorry. So, they don't look at it. Construction workers. <laughs> they never change. The classic fashion. That's right. It never changes, no. does it? Okay. Well, that brings us to the end. Let us know what you thought about Total Recall. Hit us up. Let us know what you thought about our thoughts on Total Recall. Do you agree? Disagree? Do you want to say something? Are you Jerry Goldsmith and you want to <laughs> fix you have- up our comment about the music and say, no, I put this together when I was drunk on a Sunday morning. It was nothing. Um, or, you know, that you want to talk about the special effects and the eyes popping and, yeah, tell us the science behind why the eyes would stretch out like string and not just explode like I would imagine. But anyway, all that is totally wrong and that the whole thing was a dream. Sorry, the whole thing was a freaking dream. Damn so, violent dream. Yes. So let us know. We are available on Facebook and Instagram as Space Brains Podcast and on Twitter. Space Brains Pod. Just the pod. And next episode is brought to you by. Well, it is not brought to us by. It is. <laughs> We're watching. We'll be investigating. Cargo. Cargo. It's an Australian it's an independent Australian. film. Yeah. Uh, Post apocalyptic after a pandemic. Mm. Topical. Very topic. Yeah. Damn pandemics. They kind of put a bit of a hole in these zombie films, haven't they? It stars The Hobbit, <laughs> uh, as I understand it. What's the Hobbit's in it. What's the Hobbit's his name? in it. Uh, is it Martin Freeman? Martin Freeman. Or Freedman? Freeman, maybe? Freeman, yeah. yes. Yeah. Martin Freeman, uh, about a dude and his daughter and in Australia. I yeah, he's in Australia. What, he's he's probably here? an Englishman in Australia a during a zombie apocalypse, something like that. And Back- Sounds like it's primal. I've not seen it, but again, we will watch it in a very joy-watching mood and speak to you about it next episode. And hopefully Martin Freeman will join us. Let's hope so. You never know. He might. (laughs) If you know him, send us your way. See ya. See ya.